Hello and welcome to the next episode of The Podcast, a cannabis podcast for budding enthusiasts. This episode, as always, was brought to you by our amazing sponsors. Seeds here now, best in the business, guarantee not just on germination, but satisfaction as well. Check them out. I don't know why you would suss anything else. As well as Radio Ridge Nursery. If you're looking for the best clones in the game, clean, ready to go, breeder cuts, exclusives. Do I need to say any more? Really? I mean, come on. All the best breeders work with these guys. Why aren't you? And finally, a shout out to our friends at Dragonfly Earth Medicine and Organic Gardening Solutions. You guys are amazing. We love you lots and lots and lots. Also, a quick shout out to our Patreon gang. As always, lifeblood of the show. We appreciate you guys more than we can ever say. On this episode, we're joined by Mr. Wonka himself, James Bean of Seeds Here Now. To talk all things seeds, industry, and predictions for the future. So without further ado, let's get into it. Alrighty, it's that time again, my friends. A big thank you and a big welcome to the one and only true Mr. Wonka. Thank you so very much, James Bean, for joining us today. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good, my friend. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, it's good to be alive and good to be in the industry, so... Amen to that. Let's start off with our normal first question these days. What are you currently smoking on? Well, uh, earlier I was smoking, I'll, I'll admit it, I was smoking some of the Kaka Kush. Huh. Uh, <laughs> the brown frown, as it were. I found some brown frown. But I ran myself out of, out of uh, cannabis, and so I've been smoking on some, uh, some dry sift I got from Exotic, the Strawberries and Cream F2 Dry Sift. Wow, and you just dabbing that one or putting it on top of cone? Oh no, I don't have anything. I ran myself out. I was, I did put some. I didn't want to put it on the cocker kush because that wouldn't even help it. But uh, I just been dabbing it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you can't even elevate the trash with the gold. I don't think so. I think it tarnishes the gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Why would you want to ruin it? Yeah. So. Cool. That I've seen that one pop up a fair bit. What's it? What's it taste like? What's the high like? What, uh, strawberries and cream or Kaka Kush? Oh, God. Kaka <laughs> <laughs> Kush gives you a fucking headache. You, know, you miss a seat or something. Uh, strawberries, strawberries and cream. Strawberries and cream. Uh, it, it's really nice. It's, it, it is tasty. Like You can definitely taste the sweetness of the strawberries in it, uh, which is pretty odd. But uh, Exotic's been working on it for a minute, so um, I know he's real proud of it, and he's, been, he's just been bonkers over it. So. Um, I was nice enough. He gifted me a couple of sips. That's the nice thing about Mike is that uh, before his line will drop, he will, Mike from Exotic Genetics, but he will give, like when I, when I meet up with him uh, a month beforehand or whatever, I'll get like flowers and I'll get dry sift of the, of, of the product that he drops in a month, which means to me, it tells me right off the bat, boom, this guy's already already grown all this out. He's already happy with it. He's already seen it all flower. And this is, this, you know, he's giving me the flower as he's releasing the seeds. And so... Um, you know, that's that's a credit to his part. He definitely tests all the stuff for it. Yeah, of course. And Mike's also one of those guys I've noticed who is always continually pushing forward with projects. And that's something I like a lot, you know, like he doesn't let things get stagnant and start to just sit there and redo the same releases again and again. No, he, he's always more, he's always moving, always moving a couple ahead. Uh, wait a minute. All right. Uh, check. Pause. 
definitely leaving this in. <laughs> Sorry. I love that. No, that's good. So I was just saying, yeah, like Mike's always moving forward. Um, do you feel like that's a trait like a lot of successful breeders embody or is it possible to just kind of make your releases a bit more slow and spaced out? I, I just, it, it really depends on the, on the breeder to be honest because I mean, we're, you could, there's, there's Mike who definitely works on his stuff for a while and um, the nice thing is I was part of, I ended up with 360 when I was in Washington and I would get their, their tests and I would see, I would show everybody was running. Um, and I'd, I'd be like, man, why are you running a citrus thing? You know, and six months later, it comes out with citrique. But he was just sending in samples trying to get, you know, terps and profiles and whatnot. So he was on top of it. But um, but then at the same time, there's there's like uh, there's Odie Diesel from Homegrown Natural Wonders who doesn't have a lot of releases. But when he does, it's it's tried and true. Like Odie will walk around with 10 jars with him trying to figure out which one is his best, his, his best one. And he'll sample it with everybody that he knows. And then... When you, you know, when you figure it out, which one he likes, boom, that's the keeper, and then that's the one he'll, he'll release. But, um, and so I think that's a credit to both of their those those guys. Uh, when I talk to people that work with Mike, um, or have worked with Mike in the past, I always one thing that comes up with him is he's he's, he's got the eye. Like he can in a, in a room full of full of in a room full of bitches, in a room full of girls, uh, he can pick out the fiery one. So. Yeah, that is a skill in itself, right? Either that or, or in a room full of dicks, you can figure out the best one too. So either way you look at it, I guess. <laughs> Another very admirable breeder trait. So just in general, what's new in the world of James Bean? Oh, uh, a lot and not a lot. Uh, just getting ready to go to Portland tomorrow while we're doing the uh, Indo Expo. So it's always a fun show. Uh, Dunn is broadcasting from there tonight. Um Tomorrow we'll be on the floor, hitting the floor. I fly out tomorrow morning. So that'll be a cool weekend show. Then I'm going back to Medford to uh, run down my office, and then I'll come back to San Diego area. So, um, and then of course we've got uh, upcoming shows. We've got the Miami show coming up, the big, uh, the big industry show, uh, September 23rd down in Miami. So that'll be pretty awesome. It's a big retail show. Yeah. What What's the Florida scene like? Oh uh, well. Canada and back back when they had like a couple of years ago when they when they passed laws in Florida just because cannabis didn't pass because it has this this crazy percentage that it needs in order to pass I think it's two thirds majority, but just because cannabis didn't pass CBD did pass and so they've been growing it but they their first restrictions were very weird like you had to the place that your facility had to have been in operation for like forty years and it had to have shown that it would you know it could produce at least four hundred thousand plants or something and it had to have been owned by the same person for the past forty years. And so that that kind of you know especially bias and horrible as it even is. I mean, that gives a, a certain amount of people a certain shot at it. Yeah, it seems very limiting. I mean, yeah. do, you, do you feel like there will be a more full scale rollout of legalization eventually down there? I think there has to be like that. That that weird law is just too weird and too selective of a, sh- a very short minority of people, and so it's not it's it's not right. Um, so there they, there has to be that. When you go down to like Key West, uh, two years ago I went from coast to coast. I drove from coast to coast. I started in Key West, but when you go down there, there's there's pot T-shirts everywhere, and all the on all the vendors are selling you know get high, get this. There was one smoke shop, but uh, but just T-shirts everywhere, and the, the culture was there. So. I don't, think, I don't see why not. They have the also the tourism boom in Florida. You can, everybody that gets on and off those cruise ships is a, is, a, is a customer, so to say. Yeah, of course. And, I mean, on that same train of thought, what state do you think will be the next to fall and to kind of open the floodgates for it all? 
Uh, I, I, I don't really know. There's so many that are just that are there. Um, and now that the sessions are out, they're not really um, they're not really passing anything. But I because I, you know I think um, a couple months ago one state just went and did their own bill and acted their own stuff and got and got got with the times. And so I'm not really sure. I know it's not going to be Idaho. <laughs> sadly, no. So, sadly, no. Um, I think Idaho has some of the best climate to grow that uh, our can- cannabis in. But just, yeah. just not the right people. Not the right people at all. Like they made a law against ever making a law positive about cannabis. <laughs> yeah, right. That's how backwards they are. But yet they're surrounded by legal states. So, okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, when Utah passes ahead of them. Yeah, that that's a bit weird, isn't it? But I mean, they do their own thing. So just to kind of jump back on track, let's dig back into the past for a minute. I'm not sure I asked you this in our first interview, so I want to bring it up now. What was your first experience with cannabis? Yeah, I thought, I thought we did. Um, so I was basically uh, hustling QPs a shake into joints that I bring to uh, maybe the, a place of education <laughs> daily and so I would just sell them off <laughs> and I was actually hustling them off before I even started smoking I didn't smoke until like my senior year of high school so but it was just uh, with some friends I'm sure in the back of a blazer didn't have any bong waters so we used iced tea you know that kind of thing but it was fun we did it at lunchtime and got, we got, got really stoned of course we were we had beasters which I come to now know as M39 but to that back then it was beasters all smelled like hay and I was like oh they must grow this in a hay field and then <laughs> as, as I got educated I was like oh no that's just molder smelling <laughs> and what was the experience like did you get high on your first time uh the shades they say that they, they, they say the short term memory goes and so I don't really remember there you go <laughs> must have been pretty good right no. yeah yeah, I, I, I continued down the path, so that was good. Very good, very good. And so what was the progression next from just, you know, getting some stuff to some mates at school? How did you then progress to become the giant of the seed world we know you to be now? And so let's 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 pause on that on that note. Pause, but, but keep rolling, if you will. Uh, who is James Bean? So um, I am... Uh, a nobody, <laughs> if you will. Like I, I'm flattered that that you even uh, you have me on your show twice now. I'm a sponsor, so I guess that helps. But uh, to have me on your show that, and care what my opinions are and things, I think that's awesome. Um, I was lucky enough to get to find you early. Uh, the questions I thought you, you asked were on point. Uh, I was like I, the way I explain to people. I was like, he either doesn't know things or he's fucking got huge balls. But he just he asks questions that you shouldn't ask. <laughs> and so you know, and so and I appreciate that about you because you were getting you know let's get to the bottom. Of shit here um, and you were precise about it but um, uh, I lost my train of thought we were going with that oh who am I who, who am I so I'm a nobody man I'm, I'm, I'm a broker I mean it's nice to have, uh, to, to hear all this and see all this but um, I think what people sometimes uh, misinterpret is that I have anything to do with the seed production I don't I don't at all I'm, I'm, I'm a broker who helps uh, breeders get their get their genetics out um, I've got great customer service I've got a great worth ethic I've got great um ethical tendencies I guess you want to say morals uh, and so if I with, with our satisfaction guarantee if you ever buy anything and you're unhappy with it for whatever reason you know if King Kong comes out of the sky and breaks your fucking plants you think it's my fault uh, you know call us up we'll talk to you about it and send you free five back like we want everybody to be satisfied the the, the, the um, we have uh, 1600 
uh, five star reviews on our website at least. We've uh, got, like I said, outstanding customer service. But I never want anybody to go to Facebook and start ratting or say anything or say that this we did them wrong. Or I never want anybody to have the ability to say that I didn't I didn't do them right or I didn't take care of them. So, and then on behalf of the breeders, it's always it's never it's never a good question to ask a customer. You know, how did you how did you germinate those? And, and as it is, um, we sell souvenir packs, and so we don't speak to germination anyways so if you're unsatisfied with your packs get a hold of us we'll make sure you're, you're happy yeah really really solid sentiment and i mean who on earth would go to facebook and start trashing you before they contact you <laughs> it never ceases to exist it's, it's like they think they're gonna get more that way or if they think they are a squeaky wheel i'm not sure where they what they think but um they should know by now i mean i, I think any company you don't just when you're, when you're pissed off at Sears and Roebuck or you go buy a bow system at Sears and it doesn't work and you bring it back, you don't just go start trashing Sears. You know what I mean? Yeah. But in this industry, it's a little different. Uh, yeah. I like to go out and yell at them that I, 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 I sold them packs at Hermit Isle and they're upset about it. It's like, no, no, I I didn't I didn't make shit of those. I said, I'll, I'll fix it. I'll replace it. Make sure you're happy. Maybe put you in with a different breeder. But it's not my fault. Don't, I mean, you can yell at me all you want. You can yell at my customer service. But... We didn't. We didn't breed them. We're simply going to just stand by them. Yeah, solid ethos. Solid ethos. So, I mean, to jump back to that question, what was the progression from uh, Mr. Wonka to where you are now? Oh yeah, so they go back, back on, uh, back on course. So, I was a DJ for 15 years, 95 through 2010. Um, I played records and vinyl, kind of back in the day when it was cool. It was kind of an underground thing. Um, and I was known for, notorious for, for, for weed. And so when I flew around, I always had to have like, you know, a quarter or an eighth waiting for me at the, where I was flying or whoever picked me up from the airport and needed to make sure they were strapped with weed when I got there. Um, uh, and I just came, you know, I'd smoke on stage, I'd be a world breaker. Uh, so that was all, all fun and dandy. Um, in 2010, I, uh, the scene kind of changed and it went to Mr. Rags, if you will. Um, you could buy your little rave gear in the stores. You could, you know, the thing that was underground and kind of cool kind of got blown out of proportion and everybody and their fucking brother was in it now. And so it wasn't cool to me anymore. Um, one of my friends that I had gone to had, you know, started DJing with back in Boise, Idaho, he was now, uh, he'd, whenever I'd come through Portland, he'd always, you know, I'd stop and talk with him and he'd been sending me Facebook stuff about how he was in Breeder, um, for your diaries and he was doing all this and that and of course I had an ego I was like you know this guy doesn't know more than me sure you do sure you do um, I met up with him at a show uh, that I played here and he busted out some cannabis and it was fucking phenomenal got me super stoned it was you know he, he dropped the knowledge and schooled me and I was like damn that's that's amazing what can I do to you know DJ scene's killing it for me what can I do to, to get in the green scene he's like well I'm a breeder you could, you could sell a shit for me I said well that works so I, you know, with a napkin, I bought Washington's the right to Washington State from him. Um, started Wash WAC Bank uh, out of my uh, just doing trade shows, uh, Hemp Fest and whatnot was my first show, and then that progressed to my friend Hoffa uh, pushing me to get a website, and we have a web platform, to a Shopify site, to my original manager rebuilding a WordPress site, to another site, to another site. Which brings us to our latest site. So, I've learned that um, with websites, uh, it's best to have a team, uh, a 
to do these things. That way when you call, somebody's not at their cousin's birthday this weekend or doesn't have family in town or, you know, when you when the website goes down, which, you know, I want to thank all of our customers for that, that stuck with us. Um, the website shit's been a pain in the ass, I'll be honest with you guys. I appreciate you, uh, you sticking around. We're doing a killer sale right now. Or, so just kind of a way to say thanks for sticking us in, in, the, in there with us because these last four months, we've gone through four different websites being shut down, targeted. Um, so I went with the firm, um, forked over a lot of dough. Uh, the new website will, uh, not gonna jinx myself, but uh, by September 1st, should be up and functioning. Um, since the last time I talked to you, I, I might have mentioned a forum. Well, that, that little dream of mine came true. Yes, uh, I got my forum up. <laughs> and so uh, it's, got, uh, it's got a chat room on the top where you guys can chat back and forth. On the bottom, it's got uh, breeder pages where you can go into each breeder's page. Each breeder is the, has their own fact section, their own strain section, their own uh, general section where they can announce their, their, their giveaways. Um, and so you can go in there and ask a breeder, get one-on-one -on -one contact with them. Uh, it's also, you know, it's set up on our server so it'll never go down. It'll never be, you know, uh, taken out or uh, subpoenaed. So There you go. And I mean, you guys have gone through an unfortunate amount of kind of attacks on the site. Why do you think that is? You know, why do you think you... Because I don't hear other seed banks complaining about their websites being taken down and stuff like that. Do you think it's just like a, you're an easy target because you guys are so far the biggest? I don't know. You know, I never wanted to be the big guy. Um, kind of just, you know, with, uh, I don't know, dope, dope dealer terminology or thinking, you kind of, you know, you never want to be the, the bright, shiny guy on the, on the corner. You kind of just keep to yourself and don't show you got a lot of shit and then you won't be having no problems. Um, and so when people reference us as one of the biggest, it kind of still shocks me and, you know, wonders me. But I'm not sure. All I know is that uh, we've, we've been attacked a couple of times and there's, you know, one time on 420, we got 17,000 comments per hour or something that said fuck you 420 uh, fuck you I told you not to fuck with me fuck you I told you not to fuck with me like in code like just 17,000 times <laughs> and so um, you know the, the, two years ago we were we were ready we were prepared for the 4, 420 attack this time and we had people on standby we had 420 cyber on standby to watch everything and we got attacked again they're, they're attacking us from of course Russian sites using Tor and Onion and so there's not, you know, I'm told there's nothing you can do besides defend against it, yada, yada. But it's been a pain in the ass. Yeah, wow. Do you think that this type of practice is going to become more and more common? I don't know, because I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know who's doing it. I, I, our customers, you know, obviously don't have an issue to be uh, uh, upset with me. If you have an issue, let me know. I'll take care of it. Um, some ex-breeders, I don't know if they have an issue with it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Once again, I'm, I'm just... Uh, I'm just the face, if you will, of a, of a much bigger company. I have a team that works for me. There's 13 people that, that work full time that I employ, um, along with 40 breeders that I represent. And so it's uh, when people attack my website because they dislike me, it's like, hey, you know, <laughs> you're also fucking with 40 dudes' website, you know, incomes and 13 families. So uh, if you got an issue with me, just take it up with me. But I'm not really sure, like I said, what it is or, or, or why. I, um, I, I wish I wish I knew. <laughs> Yeah, understandably frustrating. Well, why don't we move on to some more kind of brighter pastures? Yeah. Well, let's chat about the newest breeder on the block. I've seen about two days ago a very big name brand joined the Seeds Here Now roster. You want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, yeah. My guy Jackson Zentner, a.k.a. Meme Gene, a.k.a. Freeborn Selections. <laughs> um, 
The guy is, uh, is, is uh, I think I've said in the past, pops more beans than I think anybody else does. I think he probably pops a five-gallon bucket full of beans looking for Finos. Um, he really works his, his plants, his lines. I've been working with him for about two and a half, three years now, trying to get him on board. I remember him calling me and asking. We talked for an hour about his, re- his launch, his release, and I've been wanting his root beer for about two years. Uh, but, yeah, we got Sky Cuddler Kush and we got Pina Colada. So we're happy to start with those two. Um, of course, we'll get more as time goes. But, yeah, Jackson was a big pickup. He's a really solid guy. Um, I like. I really like working with those type of people. So I'm um, definitely a guy who knows about the plant and loves the plant. A hundred percent. You know, he's one of those names that frequently gets mentioned alongside the likes of uh, Duke Diamond and many other in that tier one category. I guess my first question is, how quickly do you expect that drop to sell out? Because I can only imagine you've got, what, seconds when it goes live? Yeah, it, it uh, should hopefully go pretty fast. Uh, we're in the middle of summer, and so a lot of people have already got their, their, their strains in the ground or whatnot. Um, that, and we only had a, a two-day two day, uh, advertisement on it, but it should go it, it should go pretty quick. I, should, I could pull up the numbers on it, but yeah, it should go. Like I said, Jackson's an outstanding guy. We're just we're happy to work with him. Of course, of course. So do you want to maybe let a little cat get out of the bag and tell us maybe some new breeders you're considering adding to the roster? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've already, I've already talked to them all, so it's it's not it's no secret on their behalf. But uh, of course, until until we have anything uh, solid, it's all it's all just fictitious and, and my my making shit up in case anything goes south. But um, we're happy to add Amuerta. It's coming up. Uh, it's a really nice guy out of Canada. Uh, super super nice guy. Um, has some really nice plants. Um, I I met up with with uh, Cannabis. I believe you you had did you interview him true uh yeah we're, we're looking to get him on the show in the near future a lot of people have had really good things to say about him especially leo yep uh yeah that guy uh so cornbread ricky from swamp boys uh I, I did a post about a month ago asking for you know maybe uh there's banks i was sleeping on or people they had, had wanted to add and so cornbread ricky uh posted up uh, when cannabis, a lot, a lot of people want it. Cannabis probably got the most tags out of it. Um, and then Corbin Ricky underneath it posted up saying, hey, you know, grab this guy. And so that was that was enough for me to go, you know, okay, who's this dude? And so I called him up, talked to him. He's in Spain, but awesome guy. Has some serious fucking history. Um, knows a lot about uh, Sacred Seed Bank, about Neville, about the Grateful Heads, about, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Oh, controversy. 80, uh, 2007. Rez. Starts with an R. Rez. Rez. Yes, <laughs> he, he either, uh, I mean, yeah, has, has, has stories, has some great stories with about Connoisseur. And so, yeah, uh, I'm, uh, we're excited to get True on. He's a really good dude. And, I'm, uh, you know, the guy's, the guy's cool. Yeah, he's got some, he's, I think he'd be great for your show. But, yeah. I enjoy talking to him. Definitely. He's, he's got a lot of history, doesn't he? Because he, he messaged me just having a chat about Rez one day. And as you kind of referenced, I was very surprised by how... I think he even mentioned he used to work with Rez. So, like, I mean, how's that for inside knowledge? Right. No, he's uh, we used to work with him, knows him very, very well. He used to work for Connoisseur. He used to be Connoisseur, that guy. You know, I'll let him tell the stories, but, you know, yeah, he's, he, got, he got busted once for uh, exporting marijuana because he was going to a High Times Cup. <laughs> and so and he thinks that he thinks the people that he asked how to smuggle it out with ratted on him. So his entry got flagged, and so he did he did jail time for it. I was like, damn. 
Wow. Yeah. But uh, but cool, very cool guy. I'm excited to get him on. Yeah, there you go. Well, that's something cool to look forward to. I guess we should maybe do something a little controversial. So on the opposite end of the new breeders you're considering, who's a breeder who you think's fallen off? What the hell kind of question is that? <laughs> yeah, you can choose to deny. I don't mind. Uh, all the banks I no longer carry. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, just because I, I can't, I can't take shots fired. Shots fired. With Brothers Grimm, you know. Um, oh, that's a hot one. I love that. Rick was nice. Rick was nice enough and did did us all a favor and said, you know. I, have, I will have new packaging, so all the old packaging is stuff that uh, uh, is older stock, and all the new packaging is the newer stock. And I said, oh, thanks, Rick. So all the older shit Tommy made and all the newer shit you made. <laughs> yeah, it's been interesting to see the uh, the slowdown in the number of offerings from Brothers Grimm since Duke's departure. Duke, Duke was the, the heart and soul of that thing. Oh, oh, damn, shots fired again, the heart <laughs> and soul of that thing. But, but Duke's just a fucking, yeah, phew, phew. But Duke's an animal, dude. I mean, that guy's just—I'm uh, really glad to call it the, that I can call him a friend. And he's—he's uh, he's mentioned before. If there's ever an earthquake out here, he's gonna get in his truck and come out here and save us all. So, <laughs> and I, I believe that he'd fucking try. So uh, he's just—he's—he's—he's a, he's a, he's a good dude. Just him and that massive uh, Swiss Army knife just comes and saves everyone. <laughs> yeah, that and fuck, I can't—I can't tell stories, but. Uh, yeah, uh, don't ever play paintball with him. Put it that way. Don't ever play paintball with the fuckfucker. Because yeah, he will, he will clear the field of like ten people. The, the guy is out, outstanding. Yeah, I can imagine. Right, that's brilliant. It was a shock. I was like, what the fuck? Well, I mean, you know, just continuing on from that topic, how we were just kind of discussing Brothers Grimm. How how do you think a breeder can continue to stay relevant in what is essentially an ever changing market? I think. Maybe on this one, the Swamp Boys get undervalued or get get uh, when I say number number one or or, or or do it a lot, but they just like Chrome said, they they just do what the fuck they're doing. Like they don't care what anybody else is doing. They don't want to do what anybody else is doing. Like leave them alone. <laughs> Stay away from my shit. And so they just do their they just do their own fucking thing and they just care about their own shit. And a lot. I mean, I've, this year I've seen that Lemon Royale man. That thing really killed it for me last year in Boston. Um, and just about every other every other time I've seen it or had the chance to, to to be around it, it's it's something phenomenal. It's it's massive and stinky. Um, but I, I really like those guys. Those guys are back in Florida now. Uh, um, I think they you know they they said it best. So in order for you to stay current, you just have to you have to do what you do. Like don't try to copy people because by the time you time you get to where they're at, it, it's gone and they're already the next thing. Yeah, right. I, I've actually noticed that about them. They're they're very much, you know, like the uh, the silent grinders. Just every so often, you see a new release, and the genetics are always like, you know, make your pupils dilate. Like whoa, like, and uh, yeah, sometimes they don't get enough credit, but thankfully they do have a you know a really really passionate fan base behind them. Yep, for sure. Well, I mean, let's talk about it. Because what's interesting is when you mentioned the Lemon Royale, the first thing that jumped to mind was I had seen um, our buddy at TK Origins posting about how he, he was growing it out, and he was very impressed by it. TK Origins. So so I guess I could get some knowledge here from you. So do, have we decided that's the guy who did the, the cushions? Because I, in, in my Instagram swipings, I had seen somebody asked 
uh, on a on a Josh D O G pick what who did the real thing and if Josh did it and first time I'd seen Josh post no at TK Origins did or something like that to that effect, to which surprised me because I've never seen that from Josh before. Um, but I know Josh, and so have have they come back to decide that's that's the guy? Yeah, like from what from what I can gather. The, the central people in the story seem to be reasonably happy that it's probably the case. Everyone has expressed a small amount of like, well, you know, it's hard to say 100% for sure type thing. But on the whole, it seems as though like the main players are able to trace the connections back. And from what I've been told, he grew the weed and, you know, the seeds were formed in his room. But he wasn't really aware of them as far as I know. And just the pounds went out, got sold, people found the seeds and he was really none the wiser. And do you have this on a show that I can go back and, and listen to it on, or is this just from your basic knowledge? Um, I think uh, we briefly touched on it in the Matt Riot episode, and I'm hoping to have Cornbread on next episode, in fact, so I'm hoping to be able to iron it out. But I did talk to Josh in real life at the Emerald Cup, and, and he just basically said everything I said. Awesome. So uh, is this guy, is that the dreadlock guy or no? No relation? See, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I, I don't think the TK Origins guy is the dreadlock guy, but he is like a super surfy dude from Florida. But I feel like maybe they someone got sold the bud from the dreadlock guy, maybe. Right. Yep, that's that's the story. Um, and on that, uh, one of the guys we've added in the last two years is Katsu Bluebird. Ooh, tell so, me more. Katsu, so Katsu Bluebird is known for uh, his... Um, Proliferation of the of the of the of the katsu bubba cut, if you will, which um, so he he bought it as 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 you get him on the show, he he can tell stories better than I do, but he bought it in two thousand one where, where he said he had more dollars than he had cents, <laughs> <laughs> and so he bought it off the off the forums from some guy, Green Crack Man or something, and uh, he paid you know a couple hundred bucks for it and he got it and it was like a half half a tree. He said he got a real healthy thing. And then, like the day later, the guy called him and said, "Hey, oh, by the way, you can't sell it. You can't, you can't uh, give it away. Don't do anything with it." And Katsu was like, "That's kind of fucked up. You didn't tell me that part of it when I spent the money." And so he was like, "You know what? Fuck this guy." And so he just started. He was like, made it his duty just to send that bubble cut out to anybody and everybody. Like, if you hit him up on the forums, he'd send you that fucking cut. So if you're some guy in like Nebraska who's growing like your fucking ditch weed seeds because that's what you had and you can meet the guy and you're, you're looking for information on the forums and you're surfing you come across this katsu guy and his handle and he's, he agrees to send you this cut and the only restriction is that you have to give it to five other people well you're now the fucking king of nebraska <laughs> you know like you've got the best fucking chronic in there you've even if you're a shitty grower you start with good genetics you're gonna have a good output and so you're now growing the best thing in town everybody's calling you you're making money all because this guy you met on the forums has just sent you this cut and since then, um, all these people that he sent cuts to have returned the favor and sent cuts back to him. And so he has this reverse genetic library that's quite extensive. Um, East Coast Sour Diesel, the Chacos, that came from him. Um, he's, uh, he, you can tell the story on the Bubba's, but the, it's the same cut. And, and I believe the, the old pre-98 story was, that's the only one that Oregon Kid knew that he could, that for sure was before 98 that he had the longest um, and the other ones were most likely but the, that, that that one cut was most likely the one he's had since 98 they knew he had longer than 98 um, but wow. that's what 
that's what Katsu got. And it was fun to, when I got Katsu on the phone, I said, I said, can I get Bubba on the phone? Let's, let's talk, that's three way the shit. He's like, yeah. He's like, that'd be awesome. So I got Bubba on the phone and that was, you know, the shit coffee book, coffee book tables are made out of, but <laughs> <laughs> they were just talking to each other on how, you know, how Katsu really liked the plan and he was explaining it to it and he wondered what the cross of it was. And, you know, Bubba came out, you know, it was like, oh, before, he, you know, before he, Bubba even said, uh, uh, Katsu would guess, he was like, I think it's the Northern Lights. And, I was like, yeah, it was Northern Lights, da, da, da. but yeah, very interesting. And 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 that guy's a, a head, so he's got like Band Aid Haze. He's got a bunch of old, uh, a bunch of uh, a bunch of really old great cuts. That he's going to start releasing in S ones. Um, his his Scrum that he just crossed with the Bubba. Um, he's got a Bubba sister crossed with uh, Bubba crossed with Kim Sis, and so. Um, a lot of really good stuff coming out. He came to me from Matt Riot as, as well. So there you go. I guess Matt Matt coming out with a good pick. Yeah, yeah, Matt. You know, I, I definitely respect what Matt has to say. And uh, when you interviewed him, I thought he did a, had a great interview. I called him up. And I was like, dude, great fucking show. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said you came you came across like an asshole, but a guy that I like and the guy that you know we work with. But um, you know, sometimes your point of views are a little fucking dickish on how you say him. But <laughs> but he's a but he's a he's a purveyor of the plant, you know, and he, he wants the truth. And uh, I think one of the best things he said was, you know, people tell lies, plants don't. Yeah, that's some wise words. <laughs> I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Having just discussed Katsu Bluebird and how they're now part of the catalog, it, it begs the question, have you ever considered having Cookie Fam on the CT Now catalog? I'm just kidding, but seriously. <laughs> so I had the opportunity to have Cookie Fam last year. Uh, what? Fortunately. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I turned them. I, I turned them down. I've, I, <laughs> I, I dodged. I, I dodged three bullets last year. So Cookie Fam was one of them, um, and that offer might have came through uh, BZ or, or those guys at BZ could have come up with them. But they had a really weird setup. They were, you know, they they wanted a they had a really weird setup. They wanted to charge four hundred and sell it for five hundred, and let everybody steal them off you and uh, auction them off for eight hundred. And they were like a, a thirty something pack. And my deal was that I couldn't, you know. Just tell me you didn't do cookies, because I know you didn't. And just tell me who's doing this, because if you did it, I don't want it. But tell me who's doing the candy. Don't stop the candy rain. Because <laughs> <laughs> people are crying, and they're crying, and they're upset. So, yeah, I dodged that bullet. But, no, I can't. Uh, uh, and so and so I'll, I'll eat my words. But um, Cookie Fam, as I know it, has gone out and done good things, as, as far as I know. Uh, maybe public, maybe not. But. JBZ is going to start breeding for him. Um, he'll there. Uh, it'll be a collab as far as uh, sharing of the company goes. JBZ gets you know uh, he gets to bring his collection out and start working on projects for them. Um, they get to push their media and use their you know their social plugins, if you will, to push the strains. But um, I think BZ's a fucking excellent breeder. Uh, I think that guy is really cool. Like he went through he went through and took care of all the candy rain bullshit just because. He didn't want people to get feel like they got ripped off, so he paid his assistant to like go through their DMs and get everybody's fucking names and numbers and mailed everybody like the placement backs of his shit, just uh, so they weren't upset. Because yeah. I guess it all came down. I guess Jigga, he was not to be found. Yeah. Okay. That that's interesting because I hadn't heard that part about uh, JBZ making it right by people. So I, that's that's quite nice to hear. 
Yeah, and like I asked Beasy, I said, I said, you at least stick a stick a sticker in there and say, hey, you know, just if you weren't happy with those, my name's B, you know, I'm, I'm Beasy, and this is my gear. He was like, no, man, I just I just put the seeds in the pack and just got them out, you know. I was like, damn, I would have at least fucking advertised myself on it, you know. Yeah. He's like, I just, he's like, that wasn't the point. I just wanted to make it right with people. So Beasy's a really, uh, a really, a really. See, I say they're really good guys, but they are to me. Like they're nice guys. When I talk to them, of course, I'm, I, they're gonna be nice to me because I fucking pay them. I mean, I get that part, but Beasy's a really nice guy. Like he's he, he's he's a family dude. When I call him, he's he's cool. I've met his dad. Uh, we haven't played ping pong yet, but we're going to. I'm gonna take that old man out. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's a he's, he's a really cool guy, uh, um, and so there was you know there was yeah there's just drama. There's, oh, everybody's everybody's got their egos into shit. That's the problem. There's drama with everything. It's hard to stay. It's hard to stay fucking Sweden. You know. Yeah, it's so it's so interesting you phrase it like that because what I've noticed is that everyone I know who has interacted with JBs, he says he's lovely, and yet he does seem to get quite a bit of hate. And the only reason I can kind of attribute it to is because he is quite quiet. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't he doesn't like project a lot of stuff out there. He just kind of does his thing. And I think because there isn't exactly this huge vocal presence around him, people are just happy to hate on him in a way. And that could be, but he's, you know, he's going to be, um, of, of the guys I know, like, I don't know. I think, I think BZ would be like the most gangsterous motherfucker that would stab me in a parking lot. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, like, so he's not, he's not going to go out there and toot his own fucking horn and be like, Hey, look at me. Da, 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 da. Like he can post pictures all day. And if you fucking need to talk some shit, he might just block it. Cause he doesn't give a fuck, but he's just kind of like a gangster. He doesn't, you know, you don't, you never met a gangster that told you they were a gangster. And so he's just quiet. He doesn't need to, you know, say, look at me, do my shit. He's, he's, he let his work speak for him. And how he got started going is uh, he was picking up packs from from his, from his guys there in L.A. And they were they were charging him more, like taking a percentage of, of all of his packs. And he was like, that's fucked up. They couldn't get it. They wouldn't sell him any cuts. And so he got pissed off and flew to Amsterdam, came back with some beans, uh, started growing his own stuff, breed his own stuff, and they started he reversed it. He started charging his homeboys, <laughs> started taking attacks on their shit, started selling it to them. Wouldn't sell them cuts, and so uh, that's how he came up. But he's been in the he's been breeding for a minute since let's say 2003. Wow, uh, he's been in it, in it longer than I'd get him credit for. And uh, catalog, you know, he's a he's a super East LA gas type dude, so he's got the gassy nastiness. Um, but people are into the, the Cushmans and stuff right now. But yeah, nice guy. And we've got his wedding cake F4s coming on the line. And, yeah. Uh, I think what's interesting about his work is I've always noticed that he was working on that high octane cube in the background and no one ever really seemed to pay too much attention to it. And now that he's got it all solid and I think it's at the BX3 or maybe even further and he's now using that mail in other strains and that's really, like you said, adding that gassiness to now the Cushmints and the various other crosses. Yeah, no, and, and, it, goes, and it goes back to BZ. Like I said, he's keep your secret, secret or circle small, you know. Uh, he's, he's not that guy to, to get, caught in, get caught in any drama or to talk that bad about anybody. Like he's, like I said, he's not the guy to talk bad or talk, do anything. He's, he's, he's about it, you know, so... Um, but he's got to, you know, work. Have it, the the numbers that some of these guys are now able to run. You know, if you if if these guys were talented, if they were, you know, say they were if they were smaller, they were using, you know, back in the day when they started, they were using a tent or they had a garage or something. Now the ability for them to run pheno hunts of the thousands is fucking phenomenal. Like just 
just that that sheer ability and then to be able to go and select through them seeing the true structure of the planet like to be able to go walk through a room like walk through exotics room and like see when he's running out because he see pops everything so um, to run through the phenos and see it all you know being of the same or alike is is, is pretty quite cool um, but back in the day, you know, these guys with limited numbers, they didn't have that ability to run so many strains and kill so many strains, you know, like it just didn't happen. Yeah. And I, that's really opened the floodgates, hasn't it? And yeah. And I think it's made the guys that are really good even better because, you know, if they were good, like I said, that's what I was getting to. If they were good with one tent, fuck, give them a whole room and now look at what they, look what they can do. And exactly. so, and, and, it, and it goes back to, you know, Mike having that eye, like we talked about earlier, you know, all the guys that work with exotic, you know, you can pick a bitch out of a room. Um, or cock out of a sausage party but uh <laughs> but uh that that, that ability is just to, to notice those, those traits i think is uh is really quite phenomenal and then you know on the on the large scale it makes it better and because they can i mean they can test their gear more like exotic say you know he pops i think two packs or three packs of each of his gear uh to, to, to run it before he sells it make sure it's good but just to be able to walk through those rooms and see them and to know that they're all solid is is, is pretty cool and back in the day you just didn't have that ability yeah well i mean while we're on the topic of cookies periphery let's quickly wrap this one up because i love always asking this what do you think will be the new cookie cross you know like i mean what's going to be the new big hype strain poster child thing gelato is is this year's thing i believe um that's what everybody's crossing everything with now is gelato um you know (laughs) it's it's weird um I know things. Uh, you talking it just about, depends. Sorry, I was going to say, you're talking about runs in your life up? No, it never runs. Runs in your life up? What's that? I've heard this runs thing. <laughs> Dude, it's like the shittest meme ever. I love it. Oh, no. It's, it's just about how like runs is like a gelato cross or a gelato S1, and it's just like all the, the fuck boys are on it. They they love it, man. They want that runs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's gelato. That's that's this year's fuck it and cross to sell. If you've got a gelato in it, it's going to sell out and be the be the shit. Uh, whether or not they fucking grow it or not, you know, I don't know. But you know, it's, it's it also it all depends on on the breeders. Like I know Duke, you know, he's giving me some shit that whenever that guy wants to release it, he's going to own it. But he doesn't, you know, he's sitting on it, doesn't want to release it, and like like some of the stuff he's got is phenomenal. Um, his is a. Uh, uh, schmuckers is quite phenomenal <laughs> when are we going to see more schmuckers you know because sometimes you you do see it pop its head up here and there and i just think maybe the problem is people don't know what they're missing out on yeah i don't know um whenever people want it to be out in the market i don't know i i, I know like i said duke's got it to me a couple of times and he's got something else he calls sally's beauty salon <laughs> which is he tries to just make me guess the strain he'll just fucking send me shit but uh, he's definitely sitting on some shit but I think you know, there's some people that are they're sitting on stuff too you know like not everybody believes that this is a cool and fair market so they're not not everybody's coming off their shit so to say I know that people have stuff that I've tested and tried it's like oh when's that gonna see the light of day and they're like it's not I'm not I'm not giving this shit out but you know I, I still uh the thing that was that, that that sits in my nose the most is probably from Indo Expo this year, Denver, uh, Denver, and uh, right at the end of the show, this guy came up and he had fucking uh, like he was two jar, it was two people away from me. As soon as he popped the jar, it was fucking maple syrup, like all day long. 
like pancakes and fucking maple syrup, no question. And like, and, and so my uh, uh, Brooks was there, Jason Brooks. And I was like, Jason, I popped the lid. He's like, dude, pancakes. I was like, yes. And so it was maple syrup all day long. And that, that guy had some, a really, really nice thing of that. So if that ever sees, you know, you could, I was like, dude, you can make an entire line around this thing. Wow. And uh, do you know what strain it was? Nope. Just something he made. Yep. I know how to get a hold of him, but it wasn't even something he made. He was popping beans for a guy. Wow. So, but it was just, it was so uniquely fucking sit dead on maple syrup that was you know i was like okay don't lose that plant so (laughs) yeah okay well i mean you've just spurred a thought in my mind i've been seeing our friend obsolete post a lot about this pretzels thing can you give us the inside (laughs) scoop uh yes i can uh hashtag pretzel fam (laughs) that's what i've seen (laughs) that's what i got (laughs) that's all covered in nba shit i can't uh, I can't do that. Uh, I will say that um, I just had some new hats printed up with his logos on them. So we got that done. Uh, I'm glad to see him come back out in the game and uh, get back on the on the DMs or, or get get back on Instagram. Um, hopefully he's not answering his fucking DMs so guys don't DM him. But you know, that's what I see a lot of my breeders. A lot of my breeders, like the, they're there for the public, but at the same time, sometimes the public can drive them fucking crazy. Like, I know Duke told me that he was, he spends, you know, Duke will answer every fucking DM he gets. And sometimes he says it takes three hours. And sometimes people just ask the same thing over and over again. And so, uh, you know, maybe just a uh, food for thought if you're talking to breeders and they get short tempered with you. You know, read maybe sometimes. But I know that's what, that's what drove obsolete into being obsolete was two years ago. He was just like, he came to me, he's like, fuck it, fuck Facebook, fuck Instagram. I'm done spending six hours in my DMs, I'm over it. And he just got off of it. Uh, and unfortunately, his sales declined. He became, you know, uh, obsolete, if you will. <laughs> And so, which was which was which was weird to see. It was weird for him to be like the 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 tester, if you will. But yeah, he was he was gearing to, from solid gold to just being stagnant because there wasn't anything. There wasn't anything pushing it. People don't see pictures. It wasn't out there in the current runs, and people were using this stuff. Like, uh, um, I don't know. I want to believe that part of the Mac is uh, there's an obsolete in there. Maybe his orange Congolese or his orange cookies. Yeah. So interesting. It's it's not the first time we've heard that sentiment, and it's it's even more fitting that you bring up the orange cookies because I uh, have noticed, and I'm sure many others have, that our buddies over at Jungle Boys are going to start to be breeding soon. Is that something you've been keeping an eye on? No, not at all. No way. That's not. That's not. See, uh, I don't know. Buyer beware. Just. <laughs> oh, you want to uh, explain? Uh, I. You sell weed. So just because you sell weed, now all of a sudden you're a breeder. Like you know what what to look for and you know how to breed. You know about recessive shit in your mind. I mean, I don't know. I like I like people to stay in their own lanes. And I, I, I think that, uh, like, like I've always told my guys, if they ever see me fucking bre- making seeds or become a breeder, take your shit and run. Like I should, I think that just adds CD to a CD business. Um, and some of these guys that are starting to breed that used to run seed banks, I think is fucking, I'm like, I can't make this shit up. You guys are perfect. Thank you. You're just driving traffic to me. Because I think it's, it's just shady when people make their own, you know, their, their seed bank and they make seeds. But uh, for them to be, <laughs> so that's, Facts are facts. They got famous off through other people's weed. 
Canarado's weed, through Obsolete's weed, through other people's shit. And so they should just keep getting famous off other people's weed, not try to take all the credit. Like, there's enough food on the table for everybody to eat. Why can't we all just drive the same fucking cars that we used to? Yeah, understandable, understandable. It's, it's kind of like, like, you know, Cookie Fam, like all the people that bought into the Candy Rain shit. Sorry, but if you didn't know that they didn't make the cookies, then you haven't been doing your research. They can claim it, but they didn't do it. So if you did it, you can do it again. Or more so, you have a mail. And that's not to, and that's not to say that, that fucking uh, love childs are, are bad because, you know, six of the top ten were love childs. They were never meant to be. They were accidents that happened. But for you to claim it or start a company behind that rep when it was just Mother Nature fucking taking care of the job um, is, is something you shouldn't do. Like, you, shouldn't, you should leave that up to breeders who go for things for a reason. So, like, I always, you know, it, what, what proves it in, in my eyes, or at least for my bank, is that um, when people claim strains is if you did it, you can do it again. You have the pieces to make it or you have the mail. And if you don't, then it was luck. Yeah. I can I can get down with that idea. So, so our so our so that's like a, of of the forty five or fifty banks that I now represent on the, on the site there, um, not one of them uses the same mail. All different mails. Yeah, right. Because that used to be a common thing in the Amsterdam days, right? Like they'd share mails between each other. Right, and that's and that's the thing. We all share bitches. We all share clones around. Unfortunately, sadly, as it may sound and as harsh as it may be, you know, we all pass the girls around, but nobody shares dick. And so nobody wants to hold on to your mail for you in case it might go into flower and fuck up his room just because you want to have your backup mail somewhere. That's why you always hear people losing their mails. But uh, yeah, that's that's the only way for me to separate it because nobody passes around. It's not people passing around mails. It's people that pass around that you know pass around clone onlys or, or female plants or they're using female plants and that's fine but it's the males that are, that are unique to me and so like if you take we've been using exotic a lot just because he's got you know he just he just cleaned up at one of the last cups he got four cups there are six cups and four of them he didn't even go for but um, if you come to me and you use one of his males like I'm not gonna want to represent that because that would be taking you know a selection of his library of fruit off his plate. You know, so I wouldn't want to represent that 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 stock. But if you came to me and you took like exotics mail and crossed it with uh, with Crockett's tangy, and you came up with you know exotic tangy, then that's something different because now you've done homework and you've you've you know done some work. Um, you found a mail that was uniquely yours, and now you want to breed with it. So that I can support and I will rep. But uh, stuff that you know you didn't do or using other people's stock, basically his stuff and his stuff just to breed and make something. Right now, we're not we're not uh, we're not representing, and that's not to say that those people that are doing that are bad. You know, if you start with good and cross it with good, you're going to come out with pretty good. I mean, <laughs> me and me and X were talking in one of the shows and um, about how you know people will come up to his booth and they they have better phenos or have found better phenos than what he currently has. And as we discussed, I was like, that's that's part of the game. Like if you or you're breeding to enhance the strain, to, to in, in make it better. And so you don't want people to come up to you there, you know, saying that they can't get your shit or making, you know, that your, your strain's the best or that your pheno's the best because that means you're just fucking putting the strain out the same. If you're if you're making the, the strain better, if you're strengthening it, then you're sending out better genetics than what you started with, and that's what you want people to come back with, is shit that you have that's better than what you have. So that's just a testament to, you know, breeders when, when people come up to their booth and bring them shit that they grew is better than they started with 
Yeah, of course, right? Meter exceed the parents, a bit of a common idea we hear. But I would love to quickly ask, just to wrap up our last point about the cookies in the Jungle Boys quickly, do you, do you have a little guilty pleasure strain that comes from one of those crews? I have a feeling everyone does. Um, no, I can't. Jungle, like I said, Jungle Boys didn't really, they haven't done anything. They, they grow good flour. That's nice. But the genetics still belong to the individual breeders that they used. And so I don't know that they put out anything that I like. Um, cookies, who doesn't, you know, who hasn't liked cookies when it first came out? I made, I made a ton of money selling fucking cookie clones. And I think I even had fookies. I didn't even have the real cookies. I had the fookies. I got fookied. <laughs> the fortune, the fortune cookie, the fake cookie. But uh, that's how I started with a bunch of those. But um, everybody likes that, but that's worn out. So I don't, I don't know. I've always, uh, I can't say that I do. There you I've go. Always just, I've always just, I've always just been a hater on them because I couldn't, I can't get past the part that you know I, I think that St. George did it. So yeah, that, right. that, that dog don't hunt. And when, when's he gonna pop his head out? <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, He's one of those, like we were talking about earlier, there's stuff that's out there that's really, that people are, I think they're sitting on because they're still, you know, they don't they don't believe in the legal market or believe that, you know, they want to see what plays out and how people, you know, let's say that Philos does get away with what they're doing or let's say that Philos comes out next week and has this crazy breeding project where they are able to, you know, a plant replicator gun, pew, pew, you know what I mean? <laughs> Well, well, now they're fucking, they're putting out your shit that you had just because other people, you know, submitted it. So if it never got submitted in the first place, then they would never know about it. They would never be able to fucking put the plant ray gun. And so there's people out there that are sitting on things that never want them in the plant ray gun. That way they're never able to uh, have pieces to remake it or put it back together again, if you will. Yeah. Okay. So... The next thing I wanted to chat about is kind of something I've been thinking about myself. When will Seeds Here Now be shipping to Australia and or other banned countries, if at all? <laughs> Why do you got to go there, dog? Like, you gotta, you're, not, you're not a banned country. Um, <laughs> we've, we've, we've tried. You're, 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 uh, I, uh, we may have attempted your wonderful country, and they may have stopped it in customs a couple of times, sent it back. Um, I'm not sure where we were with our last uh, our last game that we played. We'll have to talk and see off the air over that where that went with. But it's really frustrating, and this can get us into a different, a whole another path of, of of talks. But it's really fucking frustrating right now with the uh, with the fact that the farm bill passed in 12 of of 18, which came out and said that you know anything, any any material, any matter, anything, anything with less than 0.3 percent THC is is hemp anything above is cannabis THC and so banking should be fucking legal um, to Australia so that fact that it's so there's nothing illegal with shipping seeds if I was to smash up a hundred or I will smash up a thousand but let's say they were to you know as far as shipping goes there's they won't come back and test I believe at the THC mark these are still you know ungerminated items and so I don't know why when the governments are all going to snap up to it or, or get through with it and, and decide that this is a, a miracle plan and, and and furthermore I mean I can't just get on my soapbox here and build it I'll, I'll come back down off of here in a minute but uh, furthermore I think that the fucking citizens of the United States should be pissed off like I want to start seeing some like 
aren't we upset that the government that they're just now allowing this shit to be legalized and we're fucking thankful for them to legalize again? Fuck you. Like, you guys have known this shit since 37. You guys have done this. You fucking, you may have had the cure for cancer. You may have had the cure for autism or, or at least made life uh, uh, more pleasurable or enjoyable for those with those ailments through the use of this product. But you fucking banned it in 37 and fuck you. Get out of, get out of there. And I don't know why, you know, I, I wish the the people in the states would be because because we pushed that on everybody else's bullshit like we were the ones that drove the drove the warhammer hardest the hardest as far as we will as far as the other nations that it goes um and and banned what is now coming to fruition to be a very helpful plant um that a lot of us you know grew up with got shunned for or you know got familyed or dramatized or fucked over with because we were you know smoking or self-medicating with with our uh, alternative medicine. It's like, no, no, fuck you. Like, this is the original. That's the alternative. Your little chemical pill shit is alternative. Alternative. <laughs> like, this is the this is the original medicine. And so, I think that you know, people in the states here, you know, are getting pissed off that they're just now allowing us to to, to use this stuff. But it's it's funny that that's um, that's what I've seen too. Is I starting to see I start to see them spinning it as far as CBD is now coming from hemp. Um, and media, and so it's not like, oh, this is this is weed, pot, marijuana. No, this CBD comes from hemp. It's like, no, bitch, it's the same thing. Like, it's not. Yeah. You don't. Nobody went back and fucking told Mother Nature that we decided in '37 one was hemp and one was CBD, and one was cannabis. Like, we didn't we didn't, we didn't tell Mother Nature the fucking terms of a plant. It comes back as cannabis sativa L, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Genius. And so. Um, it's, but I start to see the media like trying to cover their fucking asses by saying that this is you know from derived from hemp plants and only from hemp plants you know or uh, and not giving not giving the full plant the full attention it's due. So yeah, no, I I agree, and I often wonder, for example, if people will look back in the future and think this was like a almost a hundred year version of like alcohol prohibition, where like looking back, they're like, why like why did they ban it? That's such a stupid move, like. Yeah, no, I think for sure, like I said, we're so, you know, America, the, the only country that fucking banned the cure for cancer. So, you know, uh, and, and I definitely think we'll look back, especially when, I mean, we're still just at the at the forefront of this shit. We talk about medical uh, medical ailments and different, uh, the ability to, to use isolates and distillates and, and separate things and put things together and, you know, dial in exact combos for people, um, which I think will all fortunately and unfortunately be part of the future. Like in the future, like I've seen it happen too in, the, in some of these places. And I don't, I don't think I feel very good about it, but they'll they'll have uh, pens that are just like relax, and calm, and <laughs> yeah. sleep. I think we've all seen those. Focus, like fuck you. You can't. I mean, I, I get it. You're putting them all together, but I don't know. I want this. I want fucking. I want alien orange cookies. Like give me that. I want shirtles. Give me that. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, on to a bit of a different topic, but one I did wanted to bring up with you again, we spoke, which we did speak about in our first conversation. Do you think you might ever get around to, I know there's a lot of other things going on, but do you think you ever might get around to working on that breeder catalog or is logistically it's just a bit hard? Um, I was looking at, at uh, some print-on-demand services the other day because uh, I, I went back and listened to our last show, but... Yeah, I think I think I would like to because I, I can at least do it with the brands that we have that are solid and have the you know the, the basic the building blocks and that's where I think a lot of the 
the breeders have been doing is that they, they get the, the basic building blocks, the strains that they're notorious for, and then they kind of build off those. Um, and so we could definitely do uh, probably a catalog, uh, like a, maybe a, I always want to do like a calendar, like a, a one year calendar with different strains of the month as of the pictures. And it's just all, all cookies, right? All cookies, cookie fam and uh, uh, jungle boys. Yeah, just just burner <laughs> doing like a slab squat on like ten of the twelve months. Yo 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 yo. <laughs> oh god! And the, the the last two months we'll get our Mendo dope in. Drive by, drive by. Oh yeah, no, those guys. Oh well, you've heard. You, I'm sure you've. Oh, so that's another ad addition. So we had uh, also added Miss Jill since the last time we talked. Yeah, tell me about it. Well, the same reason that I wouldn't take other people. I was like, when she came to me, I was like, no, no, no. Uh, and she came to me in, a, in an odd fashion. So let's say that like Odie and Sonny Chiba were first like, hey, you should add Jill. And I was like, from you two? Like, you guys would be the first ones to fucking hate her. Like, you, have, you know, I've heard very many things come out of your mouth about her. But as they tell it, she's a much different person. She's different than she was when she was with Subcool. And so, but I said, I told her, I said, well, that still doesn't change the fact that you probably learned everything from Subcool and I don't, you know, I don't know that I want that kind of breeding practices. I want to support that. And so, and she let me know that, you know, uh, one of the things about her strains and her releases is that they're not being bred by her. She's, uh, she's in collab with a breeder. Uh, I forget his name off the top of my head. I think it's Moza. Moza, right. But uh, he's taking, so it's not her that's doing the breeding and she's, you know, quick to say that, but it's her strains and it's her, you know, picking them and whatnot and working through. And so I think that's, so that's why I, I said, okay, you know, that, that I can represent because I don't want to play off that, you know, you're this breeder now because that's not what's going on. And if you are, I don't want to represent it because you'd suck at it because you learn from, from suck, suck, learn, suck. And so, no. Uh, but she said, you know, she's working with another guy. I was like, well, cool. That, that I think is that I can work with. So yeah. we added her and she's got a, a whole jelly line she's coming up with, jelly, jelly beans and whatnot, oranges and flavors. Yeah, I'm glad things worked out for her and, you know, and I know people are quick to hate on Sub, but I, I think it's kind of sad to see what's happened to him, you know, like I think Sub's in a bit of a bad place at the moment. Yeah, um, I think that we put ourselves in certain positions by our certain actions and whatnot, but uh, I hear Seb is, Seb is different from what I'm told now. You know, I've never been a fan of the guy. Uh, we'll, we'll put back on Exotic again, but if Seb would have watched the way he talked to people, fucking Exotic would have been breeding for him. Like, that's who Exotic, you know, those are the videos that that guy, that he watched. And for as much as I dislike Seb Cool for, you know, I, I, I get what he's saying, but he tries to take he tries to do what I don't want to do, like take credit for their strains or for them being in positions to win things or to get notoriety because he was the broker for everything. He wants credit for doing it. And I, I get it from being from a broker side where we're distribution and we, we, we push certain strains and we can, you know, we can do these and do those. Um, but the credit still lies on the breeder. Like I don't, I don't have nothing to do with it besides, you know, get it to the customer, or making a suggestion to the customer, or relaying the information you give me to them. But and that's where me and Sub, you know, differ on on thoughts and opinion. Is he wants he wants credit for distribution, and you know, I think that 
that it's, I mean, it's not a hard pill to swallow, but I think our credit comes from when I get paid. Like that's my, I'm a, I'm a broker. I move, I move gear. Um, if I don't have, uh, if I don't have feminized strains, whether I like them or not, my customers want them. Um, if I need them, I'll find them and I'll find breeders that are there that have them and again, good ones. Um, if I, if I want autos, I'm not a fan of autos, but if you need autos because of where you're at, you're fucking in Washington and suddenly you're going to get an outdoor crop then or you're in, I mean, excuse me, you're in Alaska and that's the only way to get an outdoor crop. Who am I to say that that you know? I don't want you on my competition and buying shitty seeds. So let me see. Let me sign, find some good ones and see who we can go with. And uh, I, I I called it two years ago. Um, as far as my festo goes, <laughs> yeah. uh, those guys fucking continue to hit it out of the park. They've had some situations as of late. I was talking to Mitch recently, but uh, their gear is still is still top of my charts. I don't know that. Have you found many other auto auto film guys that are working lines like they did or they, like, like like they do? Oh, I don't want to sell anyone short, but nah, they're in a league of their own, Mephisto. Yeah. So, just wish they could scale. But yeah, they're... Yeah, they put in the work, right? Yeah, lots of, they do lots of work on those things. That's the thing. You don't just take a plant and flip it over overnight and make it an auto femme. Like, <laughs> there's some breeding and some, some shit that's got to go on uh, with inbreeding of photos and, and non-photos um, in your breeding habits like four times, three times each way. So yeah, they when they realized how much work they do as opposed to other people don't do, they were a little perturbed. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine, right? So it, it's been a minute since we last spoke, and we haven't—I haven't really touched on it much on the show because a lot of other people, such as Sungrown Meds, have done a really good job about it. But um, the phylos controversy—you know—like I wanted to ask, how can anyone feel confident <laughs> about getting any form of genetic mapping done nowadays? Like, do you just have to accept if you want to get some genetic mapping done, it, that shit's going to get sold one day? I think that's what—that's what people have come, you know. Uh, we we called it a long time ago. Uh, we um, we were with them for uh, for a minute until they couldn't explain their their business model to me. And I talked to Ralph and the guys today. You know, uh, you you don't have this this uh, facility, these machines, these technicians for fucking seven dollars a test. Like that's that's not going to reach your overhead. What's like what's the end game? What are you doing with the rest of that fucking of that uh, of that sequence? Um, and they and they didn't have an, an answer, and so uh, they came out and told LeBlanc, Jerry LeBlanc, on his show that they would never do breeding. Nishan came out and said that. Jerry has it has it on tape. You know, Nishan said they'd never do breeding, and so that's kind of it's just it's really bad. It's what everybody thought was going on was going on. Like we all thought that that was the the, the ability or the, you know at least to give them a, a further heads up and start on a project, and kind of that's what happened. Um, Dunn had him on the day after that, or two days after that story broke. Dunn had him on the show so they could uh, damage control. Damage control, and it was fucking worse. Like I don't know if you're listening or not, but it, they didn't do themselves any favors. Like if I was a PR guy out there, I'd be calling Phyllis right now. I'd be like, "Hey, you guys need a PR guy," because they were <laughs> like, he was just lighting himself up left and right. He was like, "We never, never, we never planned to be breeders, but, but just like." We kind of had to be breeders. <laughs> so it's like, oh no. <laughs> and then, and then he just kept saying, like, we'll never sell your information. We'll never sell it. And I just thought, like, we'll never will, but the, we never will. But the company we sell our ass to fucking will. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, yeah. they won't sell your information, but whatever they sell out to, they will. And I've heard, and I don't know if it's true or not, but I've heard that they've uh, they've they've been offered money, or they've they've tried to sell, but they only have the short code read. They didn't do the long code. 
That's why they can't tell the difference between cookies and OKGB. Yeah, that's an interesting one, how things that are clearly different sometimes show up as the exact same thing. And, and of course, you could argue there's some close relation, but that does seem like a short sighting in the technology, right? Right. That's just, and I believe that comes from reading just the short code on the sequence. If they'd have pulled the long code, which is more expensive and more extensive process, when they were doing these tests, then they would have had valuable data. So say, because that's what it all comes down to is data. Um, and they don't have that, or the data they have is incomplete, so they can't tell the difference right now between, you know, on the Philo's chart as far as you know, cookies and OKGB because they're so the short code shows them, you know, same, 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 but the long code would read them different. So, well, I don't know what truth, like I said, there is to that. That's just what I've heard. Of course, everything I say, none of it's true on here. I'm just a fucking liar, and you know, I just it's all hearsay. Yeah, but, this is all just for entertainment purposes. Yeah, <laughs> always, always. so the next thing i wanted to bring up much more light-hearted point than the past little bit of discussion but what is with breeders and their obsession with breeding pit bulls we've got you elena bob hemphill and jj that that's just off the top of my head you know there's there's a trend here what's going on uh i don't know and 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 jj's pit bulls this and i'm not a breeder uh i've uh, just recently got a mail that uh, elena has bred from greenfire um, and he's just a little awesome stud boy and he's, you know, he's already set for a couple shows but uh, I I think it's so 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 but nonetheless uh, Elena's still a breeder of dogs JJ's still with with, with, with pits um, Mycotech also does dogs um, but I think it's just breeders and breeding so uh, I hate to bring up his Hanuk again because he's kind of like fucking I don't know just fucking be his biggest fanboy this time but I talked to him I know him he's my guy uh, he's breeding chickens okay so <laughs> okay he's got he's got fucking he wants black chickens that lay green eggs All right now for if we think about exotic and the extents he goes to in his in his cannabis breeding well what does that mean he's going to what extents is he going to in, in his chicken breeding well that means he's fucking sourcing eggs from Canada bringing them through customs, hatching them, incubating them, and then so he has different fucking ones because chickens like fucking cannabis are all going to be different. And so he hatches them from fucking eggs so they get different ones. And then whenever ones don't make the cut, he, stits, he, say, he says, oh, because there's this one that I was like, oh, dude, that's the winner for sure. He was like, nope, that one's ended up in the fucking frying pan. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> so, but he, he, he made like the fucking W of chicken huts. Uh, if you look on his Instagram, it's like these chicken huts are all fucking piped and plumbed and all fucking marbled. I'm like, God damn. Like, it, was, it, was a, it was a tangent he went off on. But I think it's just breeders breeding. I mean, we look at Archive, he was started with orchids. Um, so, my guy Amuerta, who I'm bringing on, he fucking does pythons. Huh. So, it's an unusual like, one? Yeah, <laughs> a very unusual one. And big pythons, and he's fucking smart about it, too. Um, but the same uh, the same things or characteristics for color he, he, he can use in, in, in his, his same it's in cannabis. But once again, I'll let him explain all that because it, it blew my mind. But I don't like snakes. They are fucking, nonetheless, big ones that want to fucking squeeze you to death. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't, like, I don't even like hugs. <laughs> 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 but yeah, uh, yeah, snakes, man. Uh, yeah. But he used to breed snakes. Now he's in the can- he's doing cannabis. There you go. What a crossover! And you brought up a good little talking point. Mycotech just released that GG4 IBL. Tell me a little bit about that. 
So my PR, uh, I'm not allowed to mention that strain by its name. Oh, oh uh, yeah, because of like lawsuit bullshit. <laughs> I don't know, but we just try to avoid the drama. But yeah, somebody else put one out now. Who, I guess you know, it wasn't necessarily Josie Josie approved, but uh, did his own fucking work and he's smart and got it back to an IBL and has you know documentation of the fucking thing. And so Josie even he's even sent Josie a pack, but he's cool with it. So yeah, Michael Tech put it out. They flew. They, those were gone day one. Um, glad to have Tech back. That guy is a is a once again a breeder's breeder. Uh, if you follow him online, you see he, he, he controls the penis envy, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, he's all around good guy. I I I I, I like him. Um, and it's, it's rough. That gets us into a different subject, but uh, in my mind, but. Um, I, I like him. I'm glad. I'm glad we got him back. We're working together again. Um, he is a he is a really good breeder. It's just it's the whole politics of fucking seeds is bullshit. You know, it's just bullshit. Speaking of which, I need to come and visit you. I need to come down. I need to come down under. Oh, mate, mate, we got a prawn on a shrimp. In fact, shrimp. on the no, barbie, you got me shrimp on the barbie. Yeah, mate. <laughs> hey, all right, that's not a knife. This is a knife. Mate, you'll lose track of how many times people call you a cunt in an endearing way. All right. I'll come back calling people cunts. Dude, yeah. You, I, I, when I come to the States, I have to, like, watch myself because people just use it as, like, a substitute for friend. Oh, yeah. That's not what they call here. Like, girls don't see, I don't know. Most women do not appreciate the C word. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no it's, I got a, I got a female friend, and we probably call each other that word every day. Oh well, yeah, I've I've just come to know that no, not a lot of females enjoy that word. If you want, if you want slapping time. That's when we bring out that word. Yeah, right. That's the difference. We traded we traded guns for the use of the word cunt. Cunt, yeah, legal use. Well, well, fair enough. Yeah, you know, it was an alright trade. You know, retrospectively. Um, Anyway, let's let's get back into yeah. this, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I thought we were already thought we were already back in this bitch. We? Oh yeah, we were. I'll cut that bit out. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> so yeah, just I mean, going on that last point, right? It seems like there's a lot of people in the community who really kind of only see things in black and white, no shades of grey type thing. And and as a businessman, you seem well aware that you can't allow yourself to fall into this pit for yourself. And we can see the proof of that by virtue of the fact that there are breeders who you yourself admit you didn't once get along with are now part of the seeds in our lineup. So what would your advice be to people out there who have these long-standing grudges and like won't go near a certain person because of like something which may even not be related to them like maybe it happened to a friend or whatever and it just happened ages ago. What would be your advice, you know? Like do you feel like people need to take a step back and trust people a bit more? So you fucking I see you wrote that one sitting on the toilet, huh? That was a good one. Think <laughs> of that one. Good lordy. Uh, I think I think everybody does in general. Like a lot of people, just because our general mentality, I think some of us have maybe seen this as a as a as a green rush, unfortunately, and have looked short term and been like, hey, you know, let's let's get what I can get while I'm getting it, and that and that'll be good, and that's good enough. No, you're, you're missing out on the picture. Like, look at the long term of this. This is an actual industry and a business now, and you can't, you can't treat shit like you used to be able to. Like, if you, for instance, you had a, a situation with somebody in the past and you didn't like somebody, 
you could relatively meet them at the airport and, and duke it out, and then one person would win, and one person would get their ass kicked. And no matter whose side won, uh, it would be over, and it would, wouldn't continue to fucking haunt the, fa- the channels of Facebook or Instagram or any of that shit. It would be over, and two guys would fucking figure it out. But now, with everybody in everybody's business, um, shit just gets, gets overblown and quickly. And uh, I think before we overblow things, you know, uh, try to reach out to that person and, and, and ask them themselves. And I, I don't know, I think I, I think I was, of course, I think I was on the right side of things because I, I judge myself well. But um, recently, somebody posted that they had an indifference with our company. They didn't like me, didn't like my company. And somebody else posted another comment on there. And I went back to the, the original two people. I said, hey, I said, before I, I say anything online or before I ask you about anything about you two, um, is there something I did to did you wrong? Is there something in some way that I fucking wronged you if you to say this thing? Because, you know, most screenshot me with it, like, hey, do you know about this? So I reached out to them in the direct messages instead of just uh, putting them up a blast. And the one guy came back to me and he said, he said, he said, I don't know. I said, I didn't post that. He said, my web guy went through the stuff. He has a post. He's like, I can't get into my Instagram account. I can't get into this other thing. But I'm, he's like, I'm sorry, but I, I didn't post that. I said, well, it's not a lot of the shit adds up. You know, it's kind of hard to believe that shit. But if you're telling me you didn't post it, everything I know about you is that we don't have a fucking issue. Then, yeah, just do me a favor. Say something that you didn't mean to post it or you just take it down and say you didn't post it. And we're cool. But, you know, even, you know. Each breeder has their, say, 10 fanboys that will fucking take a bullet for them, if you will. You know what I mean? And so, you know, their opinion matters. And when they say something negative about me or the company, not only does it hurt the rest of the breeders, but it's 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 not good. And those guys are going to take it to heart. They're fans. And so I asked him to just try you know, do a favor to screw retraction. He was like, he said, cool, no problem. And he, and he took care of that. And that was said and done with, um, which I thought with, you know, was handled the way it you know, could have, should have been. Um, but that's that's weird, you know. If you look at that more in depth, because then, which I seem to do, but you know, like, so that means that somebody had to hack his account to say shit about me, to make it look like I was mad at him, and that'll make them two fucking pissed off each other. Like, what kind of weird bullshit is that in this world? <laughs> like, that would, <laughs> like, there's a guy who hacks somebody else's account just to talk shit about me to make me not happy with that guy. Yeah. Whoa. What? But that, in fact, is what allegedly happened. Because I have no reason not to believe this other guy. But so I didn't, you know, I, I didn't let it blow out to me. I just said, reached out to the guy and said, "Hey, do you ever take it down and say you didn't say it?" And we're cool. And he did it, and it was awesome. And you know, that was a nice guy. I, I didn't have an issue with him to start with. Then I have an issue with him now. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a weird it's a weird gray area because we're not like I said we're not in the in the time of day where you could just kick somebody's door in or go meet him at the airport and, and we're not still at the, at, at the day yet where, where we, we can file contracts and fucking sue people yet because then you know that's still frowned upon because it's, it's legal whatsoever how can you sue somebody for violating a contract well it's either that or I kick in their fucking front door and I can't do that because you guys are calling me an asshole and my lawyer says I'd never win that case and so it's a real conundrum of of, of what to do and and, and I don't know that kicking in anybody's fucking front door is the right answer to anything. You know, if we could sit down and smoke a bowl with them um, and figure shit out, it'd probably be a lot, a lot better world. But that'd be too fucking easy, and there wouldn't be drama. And we need drama to sell shit. And so, let's stir the pot a little bit. Um, <laughs> I don't know how that got me on to thinking about this, but one of the coolest moments I had uh, this past year was 
uh, being able to go see the Grateful Dead with Kim Dog at um, Foxborough, the, the same place that he saw his first show. Uh, I I went and saw. I've never seen Grateful Dead before. I've never I never got it. I was there one dead ends didn't really get it. Knew they were acid. Knew they were parking lot. Knew of course the Kim story, but um, Mickey Hart, one of the drummers for Grateful Dead, and I say one of the drummers. If you're not familiar with the Grateful Dead, if you are as a band, like I was, cool. But here's a little thing about them. Everybody else says I didn't know. They have two fucking drum kits up there. There's two guys playing the drums. And they're each, as I put it to Kim Dog, and he said I said it correctly. He said he's like, yeah, that's how you would think of it. But one drummer will finish the other drummer's sentence. Like when they're like if they were like if, if there was there were to be speech and the drums were to be talking, like one drummer would finish the other guy's sentence, but the other guy would do other things in the middle of the other guy's sentence. And so it was pretty fucking cool to see both guys going off on all the songs, just playing together. You know what I mean? It was, it was, I just know bands that have one drum kit or one drummer, so to see a pair of them was pretty awesome. Um, uh, so he, so we met up with Mickey Hart. Mickey Hart's one of the drummers. He's like 73. The guy's a fucking animal. Um, he played something called the Beam, which was super cool. We talked in his RV. They had like uh, uh, 10 or 12 Provost's RVs out there, which are like the half million dollar ones. But they were just starting their tour. And Mickey and Kim Dog had done a strain together, or had done a, a collab, a release together. Um, Mickey has a brand, I believe it's called Mindful Mindset. Um, that's managed by his wonderful daughter, Rhea, like the Rhea Sunshine. Uh, but they got together, and uh, um, the guy who runs the L.A. store, Kim Dog's friend, hooked him up, IC Collective, hooked up uh, Mickey with the, 90, the Kim 91, and they put that in uh, joints that were three-tenths of a gram. You got ten three-tenths of a gram joints, right? Very <laughs> so specific. Well, yeah, so if you think about three-tenths of a gram... <laughs> it's not a lot. It's, it's like a fucking penner, right? <laughs> it's like this little, little joint. I'm like, oh, man. And it comes with this cute little tin, and it's cool. But it's like this little penner. And Mickey's like, yeah, we're looking about getting the big ones. And I was like, oh, geez. But, you know, you got to think in today's market, you know, some guy that's smoking for the first time, which obviously Mickey is not that fucking guy. I'll tell you a story about that shit. But for somebody who may be smoking the first time, a tenth of a gram might get him, or a, th- a three-tenths of a gram might get him high. But, yeah, they were little pin joints. But you need to get Mickey on and interview him just as far as music goes, if you could ever score that one. But so he, he told me, he's yeah, like, basically the fucking, he gave me his history of weed, which is fucking phenomenal. Um, and I'll relay it to you as, much, as best as I can. But the... You know, he says in 64, 65, 66, like they'd, they'd have the bricks. So they would, you know, they call them bricks because they came in these little bricks. You know, they were hard and square, you know, like bricks. And we'd throw the money down and they'd throw the weed up. And, you know, we'd, we'd smoke it, you know, lots of seeds and stems, you know, lots of seeds and stems, you'd say. And then he's like, and then I remember, I remember the, the, the other stuff coming around in the 70s that had less, less seeds and stems. He said that was good. And then he's like, I, I can remember, like, I think it was. 73 maybe <laughs> first time we experienced the indica he's like these guys came up and said that man we got some weed that'll really knock you on your ass and he said oh we're the fucking dead man what do you think you got <laughs> and as he was saying he's like so we smoke this stuff and like an hour later he's like we're just looking at each other on the couch we're like hey you want to go play he's like no you want to go play he's like no we didn't want to get up man we just didn't want to play and the people he's like they're yelling out there they get all pissed off at us because we don't want to fucking move He's like, and that's that was the that was the first time we experienced the indica, you know. And then, and then he went through how he was growing stuff, and you know how he was 
had some couple grows that were unsuccessful, but he tried. And, you know, just like the, the history of cannabis in that band have definitely got to fucking tie together. But it was really cool just to see him and, and Kim Dog kind of talk about the, the history of themselves together and whatnot. Um, but wow. even, even Mickey, where he's at, Mickey didn't realize that there was more than one Kim 91. He's like, there's, I was like, you know, you can do different releases of different brands because, you know, me, the marketing guy, I'm like, you know, you can do a Kim Sish, you can do a fucking, you know, a, a Kim D. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, there's different phenos. He's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, okay. Yeah, wow. That's an incredible story. Yeah, I remember you posted that up and I was a bit uh, intrigued as to what actually went down. But cool, never never would I have thought he had such interesting stories. But I mean, I guess also it should be expected. Yeah, and, and, and definitely fucking bucket list type of shit. Like I couldn't be more humbled that, that Kim Dog asked me to go. Um, that he's, you know, I, uh, I consider that guy a friend. Um, he's, he blew me a, a Wonka pipe that he made for me. Um, the guy's really, really nice. I, I, I like those guys a lot. Him and him and, him and Kim's wife are, are some, some good people. Um, uh, yeah, certainly I can attest to that. I mean, you know, I've, I've met his wife once and she was lovely as well. <laughs> yeah, she's great. And so for them to ask me and, and then to have, like, not just the experience of it, like floor tickets, but uh, Mickey Harf, to his credit, his, his fucking uh, production manager was the most fucking on-the-ball guy shit man ever like this guy had fucking 15 iron to the fire and he's just firing in all directions boom 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 as as nice as he could fucking be just a really excellent road guy but he was in his mickey's personal manager but the guy was fucking on the on the ball but he uh he got us hooked up with a suite and so it was stocked that it wasn't you know it wasn't it was stocked with popcorn and water and drinks and stuff and then he hooked us up with uh backstage tickets and so we got uh we got backstage and we we're like the only pretty much like the only pair that were back there while mickey i'm not familiar with uh, with the show but i guess they call it drums in space that's like a, a break for the for the for the band and then mickey and the, uh the other drummer and the almond brother come up and they do like this fucking awesome thing of drums and, and bells and shit and it was, it was really just really cool to see it from firsthand because I'm used to, you know, making music production on the dance music side, which is, you know, if you want a fucking cymbal or if you want a hi-hat, you just add a new bar and you just cut and paste a little hi-hat right there and then they're cool. Um, in the 60s, if you needed a fucking cowbell every 12 beats, well, you need a guy to fucking hit the cowbell every 12 beats, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you couldn't just fucking cut and paste that guy in. You needed a dude over there just be, you know, knocking this other, you know, this opposite rhythm that you're doing and hitting the cowbell weirdly. And so, uh, just to, to witness that shit, and then he played, like I said, this beam thing, which earlier he had talked to us about, man, just, oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, sending sonically sending images through your mind to you by the use of of, of scanning through drones like <laughs> sonically sending you drones into your mind and getting you to like remember a fucking a feeling about a product and and, uh, and you think it's it's crazy but then i wouldn't do it I, I look him up and i'm like do my research on the guy and mickey hart is like he's not just a fucking grateful dead drummer right but he's like this accomplished fucking world musician like he's got all these fucking uh, uh, scholars and credits for you know world beat doing this you know South Africa shit doing this European shit. It's like wow, this guy is seriously into the sound of percussion, of bass, and fucking beats. And what if that's true? <laughs> like as smart as this fucking guy is, like what if he can sonically send me shit in my mind, like images that make me recall a fucking flavor? Like fuck. 
So yeah, when he was playing it, like, yeah, I got him on camera. He's looking at me. I'm like, dude, you're beaming people on here. He's like, I asked him, I said, you can play the beam tonight. You got to send some drones. He's like, we'll take it out for a spin. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. That's interesting. You're like, like so talented in so many different ways, but just one particular really weird kook. Yeah, but he, I don't know. I, I don't I, I don't think it's for kook. I think it, it's you might be able to send people sonic messages through the fucking sound waves and make them recall a strain. Like that's basically what it was, is that I can, by scanning your barcode, I can send you sound drones that make you trigger that thought. Yeah, it's pretty wild stuff. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's it's out there, but as complex as he is, you know, you, you look at all his fucking credits, you're like, well, maybe he's onto something here. You know, it's weird. It's weird until it's fucking not. You know. Yeah. Well, maybe we should depart back to the realm of regular all right. cannabis. <laughs> all right. Sorry. I took, right. A, I took a done. I took a done detour. That was that was a good little detour. Let's um. Something I I didn't ask you when I should have. Um, how do you feel about last year's Emerald Cup? You know, it was a little different, wasn't it? <laughs> oh man! So last year Emerald Cup was uh, there's a few situations that we uh, had to overcome that made the show a little more difficult than average than usual. Um, we played by the book. Um, I I thought it was a little early for California to have seed to sale, but we played by the book anyways. Um, and uh, paid out an enormous amount of taxes, 28.13%, which uh, made me take a huge loss on shit because I only we didn't do the math right. And so, yeah, yeah we paid, paid a total of all this 28.13% taxes to uh, all of the, the, the city's taxes and the state taxes. So that was a chunk. Of, of money, um, they it just it didn't it didn't go as smoothly last year as we would have liked at all. We appreciate um, all the customers that did wait in line, but you know after I heard what had happened on Saturday, I was a little it was a little rough, and we weren't we weren't able to basically that you were almost so mobbed with people, and I'd even come to them the night before the day you know two days before. I said, okay, so what kind of um, you know, I'm thinking like, you know, air ca- aircraft lines, like those zigzag Zs kind of stack people in. Like, what do you have planned for crowd control? And, you know, she had, I, I had found out earlier that week that we were right next to fucking Calculator and Mike and Exotic. And I'm like, you know, we're fucked. Like, I've got 10 banks here in my five booths and those guys' overflow, we're fucked. Um, and sure enough, uh, we were fucked. So it was a big shit show. Uh, the lines didn't get made properly. People were getting in line just to get in line, I was told. Um, so uh, once again, I didn't see any of the music, none of the bands. I didn't get talked to a lot of people. It, was, it, wasn't as, it wasn't as good as it was. Being recreational, recreational fucked it up. You know, I'll always say that. I'm not, I'm not a fan of recreational. People say, oh, my God, how can you not be a fan of recreational? You're the devil. No, I'm a fan of, of, of decriminalization, not recreation. Because that recreation allows fucking big pharma in. Decriminalization would have kept it fucking mom and pop. But too late now, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I mean, hopefully it's... Or, a- Oregon's sitting on six years of fucking weed right now. Like, we haven't even fucking come to crop yet. And they're sitting on six years supply. What do you do with the six years supply? Because you don't leave it on the fucking shelves. That's for sure. You got to blast that shit in oil. Because <laughs> yeah. six years from now, that weed's going to be brown frown. Oh man, it'll make some uh, very top shelf cuts, I'm sure. Yeah, 
<laughs> exactly, and then that's right. You know, and, and and to that, you know, kooky Oregon, but they also passed legislation to try to export weed. And what so, did it pass? No, they've they've got it written. They're trying. Okay. <laughs> so it says they can export it to different states. Well, that's what the brokers are. That'd probably be bad for them. So yeah, do that. <laughs> yeah, because because Oregon is you know they have the demand of of three hundred thousand and the supply for three million. Like LA has the supply for three hundred thousand, the demand of three million, and so the logistics are reversed. Jesus, yeah. It sounds like if you knew what you were doing and you set up an op in LA, like it, you know, like why would it not work? Pretty much what I've come to see or what I've come to hear is that uh, it seems to, you know, <laughs> it's just anywhere you can buy weed easiest is, is pretty much where it's, where it's been. And I don't know, like the California market came and went very fucking quick. Like it just, you knew it would, I, th- I think. Um, I didn't think it'd go this quick, but it it came and went and I, I avoided it like the fucking plague. So, yeah. cool. It's, it's, a, it's a mess. Like a lot of... You know, it, it saddens me because a lot of a lot of good people are going to lose good money because they're going to get fucking swallowed, or because the price is going to get too too low, or they can't afford. Like it just it just doesn't make money to continue to produce at like six hundred a pound. You know, fucking they can't do that. You know, buck fifty a gram. They're not going to be able to take that shit, buck a gram. And so. Uh, so a lot, of, a lot of a lot of good people are going to lose money on farms because I think that you know because the, the guys that are doing it big are doing it hundred million style, you know you're talking ten greenhouses all fucking online with custom controls and virtual integration and they're just going to be able to slaughter through weed, to where mom and pop who thought they had the money to do it they're going to try their fucking damnedest but when the price gets too low to produce it they're not. Yeah, so that's a bummer. Definitely, definitely. I'm a fucking bummer today. Damn it. <laughs> No, 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 no. It's all interesting. And I mean, it, it kind of plays into the next question in the way that like, you know, the mum and pops are being forced out in a sense. But like recently we saw, and you almost referenced it earlier, like Seth Rogen has brought out that whole houseplant line. And it kind of seems inevitable that more and more celebrities will embrace cannabis and try to carve their own little spot in the industry. Do you think there'll come a time when they kind of get it right? Or do you feel like kind of like a lot of parts of the cannabis community, you've got to kind of have paid your dues before you can do that type of thing? Well, I never think they'll get it right unless they're doing it for the right reasons. At least I never I never hope people get it right unless they're doing it for the right reasons. But I, I don't think that, you know... Joe Blow off the street, who's been, not to say Joe Blow because his name's Joe Rogan, um, not to say that that the guy doesn't know his cannabis, but um, he may not be as as schooled in the knowledge of fucking cannabis as, as somebody else is who's been in the industry a little bit longer, you know. As I'm sure that person's not as fucking schooled as schooled in in, in uh, fight technique or as in in talking about stuff or in, in interviewing people, um, and so once again, stay in your own fucking lane. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you want to get behind a pro- product and, and brand it or, you know, uh, do something for that, then, you know, you, you got to pay the person to, to play the game. But if it's if you're just going to get into something just to make money off of it, then you kind of, I don't know, I don't, you, you want to, yes, things have to be made for a profit, but people did this shit when it wasn't profitable. And that's what we have to remember is that there will come a time when the shit's so low we kind of forget what people went through to fucking get us where we are today and that goes to kind of i don't know talking about people you don't want to make sure customers buy that you know 
So with the new website launch, we're going to put up a lot of photos, which include me and all the breeders. Something that stands out between me and just about every other bank is that I personally know every single breeder on my bank. I've talked with them. I have their cell phone numbers. I can call them on Sunday. They'd fucking answer the phone. Um, they call me on Sunday. I'd answer the phone. Um, I have a good relationship with all my guys. That's fucking hard to do. And you look at me and say, all of them? I say, yeah, all of them. I've met all my guys. Uh, I, have to, I have to look and re-say that statement since I've added um, where I haven't met him yet and I haven't met Pioneer Valley. But other than that, I've met just all my guys. Which um, gets me back to the, the none of my 40 guys use the same mail. And so it's important to support and, and fund the guys who did it when they shouldn't have been doing it if you know what I mean, like who took the risks and who risked fucking jail time and their families and their, you know, their freedom basically to, you know, yes, to profit, but as well to fucking, you know, to push the plant and to, and to breed and to, and to continue doing it. Yeah, of course, you know, you need to reward the people who took the risk in the old days. But a lot of it's easy though, right now, like you can just go and buy anybody's cross with anybody's thing. And I think, you know, especially, you know, hopefully all the breeders will pick up licensing deals and they'll be with branded cannabis, but you know, I, with all the states coming off weird, if you don't, you're going to go to, you know, Missouri and you're going to get cookies and cream off the shelf. And it's not going to be the same that it tasted like in fucking Washington. Or it's not going to be the same as it tasted like in California. And that's unfortunate. But they're going to be able to, to, to say it's cookies and cream because they got a 10-pack and they popped it. But it's not really the true representation of what, you know, Exotic may want them to fucking, you know uses cookies and cream or, or, or say that is this is cookies and cream because by giving something bad a, a good name doesn't change the fact that it's bad you know it just means more people are going to say yeah i had that and it was bad so uh uh that's 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 rough that's the futures talk kind of stuff but um you know i, I see that being a thing that like when you want to go to a different state you, you want to have the same thing that you smoke or that you're you're used to you're not uh, you're not Smoking is something that, and this goes back to Crap King, which I'll just beat on him some more like we did last year or last time. But um, when you buy fucking blueberry, you want it to be DJ Shorts blueberry. Like I, I just, I'm, gonna, I'm not a mind reader, but when people ask me for blueberry, I'm nine tenths out of, out of the time pretty sure that they don't want fucking Crap King's blueberry. They want the blueberry that came from DJ Short that tastes like blueberries. <laughs> not just the one that comes in a different package that says blueberry on it. Yeah, and right. So, so it's, it's, kind of marketing you know like all of our stuff generally what it says on the package is what it is like that's you, know, you can't you can't think the funk as was told to me once <laughs> so I think it's important that people when they buy their and they buy a product or buy a flower that they support you know breeders and brands and licensing deals yep 100% something I wanted to run by you though we've seen it happen you know sporadically but do you think that we will see pollen being sold going forward? And how do you think that'll change the landscape of things if it happens? Um, I, so my, uh, I still to a guy now, James Kerr, who's in Canada, and he does pollen already. He sends out pollen crosses and stuff. And, you know, I, for the... Your, your interview with Breeder Steve was really good. I like I like Breeder Steve. That I, I love his 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 premise where just says you know just fucking plant a seed. Just as so long as it's a seed, just fucking plant it. I don't care where you got it. Just plant it in the ground. Get it wet. Fucking make it explode. Like get a seed. And so I think that that is is, is really good. And so um, so for the home breeder who wants to do stuff, great. You know, buy some pollen and fucking breed with it. But um, you know, you get your own mail, make your own fucking pollen. I mean, it's not that a big of a deal as far as people selling their pollen like 
I know that when collabs, certain collabs have happened, that there's the amount of pollen that has been given is is very is weighed. You know, it's very it's scrutinized because with pollen you can do anything with it. And so when people are giving up their pollen to make a collab, let's you know, like there's not a lot going there, and because the breeder doesn't, because once again the only thing that separates all forty guys is their males. And so if you have my pollen, then you can you can do what I did. You don't need my shit anymore if you got my mail. Mm. So, so I don't know, and I don't think I don't see the breeders giving out pollen to their shit. I know DJ Shorts talked about it. I know Dunn's talked about putting them in different packages, but as 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 highly guarded as the males are, that I I mean, as as that's the only thing that makes people unique because we all start with the same Gorilla Glue four cut. The cut you have is most likely the cut I have, if they're legit cuts, because it's all just a branch of a branch of a branch. None of us have a fucking unique seed or a different pheno. It's the same fucking thing, just cloned. And and so what makes it different is the male that we use with it. And even though I may have a same male that's the same strain, it's genetically not the same male. Like if my wife and me had a kid and I died, I got hit by a bus, my wife and my brother couldn't make another kid that was as good looking as my current kids, if you know what I mean. Like it's just it's just genetically not possible. It's you'll get close to kind of like most likely of, but it's not genetically possible to duplicate without the the same male. And so, well, that is what makes people different. Um, I, I don't see it happening on a, at least by you know a, a breeders. I'm not I'm not selling you the thing that I'm doing because then you can fucking do it yourself. You don't need me. Then you can just take it across with everything. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, just to jump back to a point you spoke about earlier in regards to the forums you've got going, we've seen a few forums pop up recently. Capulator having copy my shit, yeah. I have the idea, and they fucking they copy it within a day. That's it. So, like, why do you think we're seeing these forums pop up? What do you think it is about the forum that people are missing, and why don't you see it taking off more quickly? I think the forums are probably back up because Mark Zuckerberg fucking hates cannabis. And uh, we're going through the genocide right now of cannabis. And so if Instagram and, and Facebook can delete all these videos and take down all these pictures and accounts, then we'll basically delete the history of the, the, the people who did it to get where we are today. And in 10 years from now, you won't be able to Google a grow video or won't be able to find out any of this information because YouTube fucking took down the channel or blocked the account or erased all the shit because nine, most of us don't print out our pictures on Instagram. We don't have fucking copies. And so when Instagram deletes the account, that's that's everybody's history and gone it goes. But, uh, and so I think that they're just, because we've been shut down 17 times. Jesus. And our, and our Instagram sucks right now. No, I mean, not, <laughs> shout out to my, <laughs> to my Instagram guy. <laughs> Love you, buddy. But uh, it sucks because we, we got fucking handcuffs on us. Like, we can't do nothing. We get told if we're, if there's a price anywhere in the picture, we get fucking, we get flagged. If we do any type of video, we get flagged. Like, I put up videos now, and they're fucking seriously flagged within, like, five seconds. It's up, and it's it's automatically, boom. Do the community standards, da 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 I'm like, how did you even already? So my account is must be being watched. But, yeah, our current Instagram account has, like, six items on it because we don't keep anything on it. That way they can't go back through our history and shut us down. And so, you know, there's no way to, like, document your online presence if you're not using, like, an Instagram account to fucking save your, your history. And so I think that on the forums that people like myself and Cap have that, you know, 
I own the the hard the servers that they're on. I have the servers backed up, and so where I always have that that history, I'm not going to delete accounts. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's like a like a preservation thing, so you don't just lose everything. Kind of. I think that's what people are looking at. You know, um, kind of get back to the forms of the days where they could they could grow. You know, and also maybe the novelty of you know, yeah, yeah, I can. It's California. I can grow weed now, but I don't know how to fucking grow weed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like how how do I grow weed? And so, um, I think people are also looking to to reach out and find that, and not get the trolls that are on Instagram and the drama that's on Instagram, but still seek the knowledge of how do I grow this out? And and <clears throat> and from a grower's perspective, how do or from a British perspective, how do I put my my information out there? and make sure that it's not going to get taken down or make sure that it's not, you know, all these conversations and all these grow tips I've been giving people aren't just going to be fucking deleted one day because somebody was pissed off at me. Yeah, well, I mean, I think we're going to see more of the forum rise anyway because you can't track a story on Instagram over a long period of time. Like, that's that's what a thread does perfectly on a forum. Yeah, I think we just have to get them. So, you know, it's got to have a good web app and I think forums could, could definitely work, but people have to be able to scroll from their phone. Yeah, it has to be more accessible because forums were so cumbersome on a phone. Yep. Yeah, interesting. Okay, well, have you or have you yet to see something that's truly kind of unique and just truly coming out of left of field, you know? Like, what's what have we got to get excited about that's not recycled? Um... Well, everything uh, that my new guys have, they're putting out. It's all new and fucking exciting. <laughs> what kind of questions that killing me here? Uh, everybody's new releases are all going to be new and not recycled and fucking great. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, before and well, while we're on that note, I would just like to say that you know, my name is James Bean. I'm a broker for the following brands: Aficionado, Archive, Best Coast, Big Island, Bog Seeds. Canarado, Coastal Seed, Crockett Family, Dirty Water Organics, DJ Short Seeds, Dominion Seed, Exotic Genetics, Freeborn Selections, Grandpa Bud Seeds, Green Fire Genetics, Green Light Genetics, Green Team Genetics, Green Skull Seeds, Homegrown Natural Wonders, Humboldt Seed Company, Iry Genetics, Karma Genetics, Katsu Seeds, La Fada Labs, Loud Seeds, Like a Dog Seed, Mad Farmer Genetics, Massive Seeds, Mephisto, Microtech, Miss Gel, Obsolete, Pacific Northwest Roots, Relentless, Riot, Sagemaster Selects, Second Generation, Genetics, Sea Junkie, Serious Seeds, Snow High, Soul Fire, Swamp Boys, Swamp Donkey, GH Seeds, The Seed Company, Thud Pug, Thunder Fudge, Top Dog, and uh, last but not least, Utopia Farms. <laughs> there we go. What a so pug. I mentioned them all, and thank you very much, and uh, please don't blow up my phone because I didn't mention you on the phone, on the show. So you're so popular. Like if I don't, if I didn't mention you on the show, a lot of my guys would give me shit last year. They were like, "Oh, he didn't say anything about me." I was like, "Oh, I was thinking about you." So, so yeah. So now, I, now I said them all. So look, this is the equivalent of like mom saying, "I love all my children equally." <laughs> all my children equally, because I do. That's the thing about us. When we go to another breeder at his booth, he's gonna want to sell you his stuff if he's any good. You know, and he can't blame him. That's what he's there to do. You gotta pay for his fucking booth. You got he's gonna sell you his seats. If you come to me at a booth and I don't have all my guns because I don't sell like. So one of my things is if I, I won't sell seeds at the same show that my breeders do. And so if my breeder's taking money out of his pocket, he's there at a booth, I'll pull his genetics off my table and refer people to him. And so like at the Emerald Cup, if you come up to me and say, you want the best land race fucking sativa that I have, well, I know that I'd love to sell you something that I have on the table, but actually if I, if I point out to you to go to walk down to Snow High's fucking uh, booth and tell him that you want uh, a Jamaican, you want the Jamaican, 
uh, you got 17 <laughs> weeks, weeks to waste, then, you know, there you go. Uh, and, I'll, and, I'll, and, and so I'm not biased on any particular one. Like, we're, see, CTNO is here to make sure you find a strain that works for you. Like, I'm not here to push one brand or the other. Um, if you want, like, that's that's the nice thing about us. If you want something gassy, I got fucking 40 brands to pick from. Let's find the gassy thing. I'm not just, we're not just focused on one one specific goal or one one type of thought thinking. You know, like the, the nice thing about all these all these breeders is they all they all breed for different reasons. They're all breeders because they're fucking crazy, but they all look for different things when they breed. You know, maybe it's maybe it's shortness of flower, or maybe it's you know tricone production, or maybe it's fucking squash sauce. You know, who the fuck knows? But they all breed for different reasons. That's what makes them all unique, um, and, and 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 special in their own unique way. So. That's, that's really cool. Uh, got fucking stoned again. I forgot what we were talking about, but yeah, uh, all the all the different brands are cool, and it's and I think it's fun to, you know, I, I used to get orders and I'd see like a pack of exotic and then a pack of Snow High, and I'm like, man, that's that's different. Like the guy who's buying exotic, which is pretty much you know uh, dense nugs, frosty fucking you know sunshine, uh, order and and grabs a, a pack of Snow High, which will be like a land race. Alcapulco gold. I'm like, man, that's that's different. Like, that's you know, very, very. two opposites, opposite ends of the spectrum. But at the same time, those that Alcapulco gold is fun to run. Like some Bodie's gear, some of that stuff. It may not be good on a on a giant scale or on a on a big scale. But if you like growing plants and and are excited just to see different things and what Mother Nature can do and just love the fucking plant, different breeders have different plants and so you know with you use land races those grow distinctively different than something that's been seriously worked and by growing them out you'd be like oh yeah i can see where that one need to be worked <laughs> like that's why you cross it with that because it's a bitch and that's i don't like it by itself you know you'd want to cross it to make this or i see why that person bred with it because you wanted to make it you know this and so i think it's fun to grow if you like genetics you just like growing grow different people's seeds like don't get just stuck on one breeder yeah, I 100% agree. That's a great, great message. I think that we are basically onto the tail end of things now, so we're going to start to do some of our more quick-fire answers before we get to the last final. But how can a new breeder go about trying to get your attention? What are some of the things they should be doing to be ticking the boxes? Um, they should be... Uh, and and for first of all, foremost, once again, I'm a nobody. I just run a bank and I had an idea like in 2010 where I could help my friend and have taken certain steps and certain risks and rewards and have done certain things to to um, be a broker for certain cannabis breeders. And so I do nothing more than I'm just a broker. But uh, so um, I do try to keep things in line though. So to add to add you to our phone, to our, our, our seed bank, of course, first and foremost, generally we need, it's nice if you have good customer service. If you're a dick, then if people don't like you, that's, 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 you know, we don't want to bring on those customers. That said, some guys you may have had on the show are a dick and they're not the best customer service guys, but we still support them. So, uh, but you want to have generally, you want your customer base to like you because that's who, that's who and at the end of the day buys your packs, these guys that you work with. Um, you want to be using your own mail. Like even if so-and-so gave you permission to use his shit, well, now you're just giving credit to two different guys. And if they wanted to make that cross, in my eyes, they could have made that cross. But they didn't want to. And if they do, then let them make money off of it. So find your own mail. 
as 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 minimal or as weird as it may seem, that's at least showed the industry, the people that are buying that you have something that's unique to you, and that you've done something on the on the breeding side of it. You've looked into it some somewhat. Um, so that's that's first and foremost. Uh, and you know, I, I don't think it's good to copy other people's shit. I don't think it's cool to you know copy this with that and just call it this you know i think you should have the genetic thing and and have the as 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 well as much as you know at the time that this was real that you breed with it and make it make it so but i think to mislead people is wrong yeah definitely so so pretty much that you just gotta be a you know most likely i don't know if you're trying to get my attention it's too late <laughs> no. <laughs> no um but i i i, I I'm not really. I mean, but that being said, when I when I went looking for new banks, I got you know five that were suggested to us that were you know really good guys that I'd just been sleeping on. So I don't I don't know everybody, and it's not it's not the it's not the golden ticket to be on the bank. You know, what I mean, you still all my guys in the bank still promote their gear. You still have to have to promote your seed, your, your stuff, and, and build your clientele base and interact with your clients. I mean, that's that's a big thing. I think if, if you know when people buy gear, they want to interact with the breeder. They want to talk to the guy who did the thing or get his 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 insight onto it. Um, and I think if breeders would interact with their with their clientele base more, they'd uh, maybe have more sales and be you know more successful in certain areas. Yeah, definitely, definitely. A bit of good uh, uh, PR doesn't doesn't hurt at all. So I think now we're on to our super quick last one. So let's bang out these ones. Yeah, what's the most memorable strain you've ever smoked? Sherbels. Sorry, say that one again? Sherbels. Oh, what's that? Sherbert and Fruity Pebbles. Oh, is that alien? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep, and there's a green pheno and there's a purple pheno. And it's still alive, and yeah, it was fucking amazing. It really was, because like the first two people, like one of them was the guy at the gas store. Like you didn't even know his name, you know. What I mean, he was just the guy at the gas store, but he would he'd he'd always you know hit me up for herb. Um, so I just I just like popped the case on it, and dude was like, cereal. Like what's that? Cereal, fruity pebbles. And I was like, oh shit. And the second guy did the same thing, and I was like, oh man. <laughs> you know, you really know you got something when you tell when they tell you what it's what it's called before you even have to tell them. Like Fruity Pebbles, you're like, yep, that's fucking it. So, <laughs> lovely. Yeah. So, on the opposite end of the spectrum, what is the worst strain you've ever smoked? <laughs> Since we're on a fucking hate project, <laughs> Candy Rain. <laughs> oh, you smoked it? We got some in Massachusetts. Some people brought some to Mike's booth, <laughs> uh, and it was it, like I took photos of it next to everything else, and it was just sad. And it, I don't think it was, you know. Uh, wasn't the grower because grower had brought other things in with him as well but it was just sad yeah bummer <laughs> all right so i was i was like dude i'm even impressed you got one to go like i heard it was two out of 35 so <laughs> <laughs> yeah the numbers Congrats. don't lie so if you're on a desert island and you could only take three strains with you what three uh three strains we played this game before i think i have to be all witty and i should have said like you know, I'm a breeder, so I'm supposed to be like, uh, or I'm, not, I'm, a, I'm a burger guy, so I'm supposed to be like land racing shit, like Northern Lights and Haze, and because I can make everything else from it, but I can't because I'm not a breeder. So, like, I'd say that I'd say the witty thing the way I could make everything else from it, but I don't know the witty thing. Uh, I'd probably take Sherwells with me. I'd probably take uh, uh, Morning or uh, uh, Sativa Sativa Star, the uh, Star Plant. 
Um, I'd probably do, like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know for a third one. Thin Mint. No, no, no. <laughs> never, 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 never. Probably, probably Kim B. Just because uh, it's it's very potent. She does hit the spot. Knocks me the fuck out. Yeah, right. She's <laughs> good. Alrighty. Now I know that you used to be a grower, as you revealed in our last discussion. So I want to know what is the one clone that you used to grow out, and you just miss not having that weed around anymore. So I miss. Um I'm just not having my, my weed around anymore, period. Like, while you, when you're growing, you fucking, like, when trim, trim gel happens and you guys do trimming and you hate life, and you're like, God, why? But, and you say, like, I'll never miss this. But, like, there's times I miss trim gel. <laughs> and I miss just going out in the plants and just sitting out there with the fans on and with the tables going and just sitting out there and just thinking. Like, I miss, I really, I really do miss that. And people, people probably take that for granted. Like, oh, yeah, I go fucking water my plants. But I think there's really something between, you know, plants and humans. I think every kid, like in school, I think they should fucking grow plants just to get that responsibility and, and that knowledge that if you don't come home and there's not, if you don't water this thing, it's going to fucking die. And so um, I think there's that, that kind of synopsis is really cool between plants and humans. But so I miss that. Uh, clone would be probably the Romulan. I had a Romulan way back when um, when I was DJing. I had it in deep water culture, and then I flew out to do a gig over New Year's, and I had to put chains on to get out of Tahoe. And when I came back, the tree had fallen over my front yard, and shut the power off. Of course, if you're in deep water culture, you're in fucking Tahoe, and the tree fell over because it was covered in snow. Well, all your fucking water froze. <laughs> so, so all those plants died a cold, cold death. Um, I was able to salvage nothing. Uh, pumps turned off. Plants died. It was ugly. That's when I decided, okay, you're going to be a DJ or you're going to be a fucking weed grower. or you gonna, What are you doing? And I was going to go to Seattle and open up a, uh, a weed uh, or a, 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 a grow store. A garden center, as I was supposed to be called. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You made the right choice by the looks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DJ scene was getting played out. It was, it was all fake and not cool. Kind of like cannabis right now. It's getting played out. Fucking people are killing me here. But, no. It's, uh, me and Duke, now me and Duke have alluded to this. This is just a little extra juicy gossip at the end. But we have a strain that we're going to release next year at MJ BizCon. Now this, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Duke, uh, you're going to get mad at me for putting it out there, but it's the, it's the pre-37 Dust Bowl. <laughs> okay? This shit's fucking drought resistant, mold milder resistant. Uh, like, you don't have to fucking water this shit. It was so strong in 32, that's why they made it illegal in 37. <laughs> and that shit's been gone, like, off the face of the map. Now all we have is this new watered-down shit. But, like, if you get that pre-32 before they made it illegal, oh, man. And Duke's got a line on it, so we're going to sell this bitch next year MJ BizCon put on some suits some shiny shoe shoes <laughs> sell it so I know people have talked have heard me talk in the past about the uh, 32 Dust Bowl so it's out, of the, it's out of the wagon now God I think that might be the perfect note to end it on <laughs> thanks it's all just bullshit really right <laughs> with that being said do you have any shout out to comments you'd like to make oh yeah of course I got oh, let's go through all my greeters again okay 
Uh, <laughs> 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 this, is a, this is where you cut and paste, insert that part. I'd like to thank all of them for working with us and trusting with us. Please know and trust that if your breeder is fucking with us, then they trust us. They know that we're selling their gear. I work with all these guys. You can ask them about us. Um, they wouldn't be working with me if it wasn't if it wasn't good for them and it wasn't good for me. And so I wouldn't be a good guy if I didn't have all their trust, and I do. So um, that, I'd like to shout out my office team. Um, everyone from my mom who works customer service lines to Bear to Rebel to Dusty, of course, to Heather to Rob, my sales guys, my, my, my trade show team, um, all those guys that, that go to work every day and uh, manage the office and get all the boxes out where they need to be. Uh, I'd like to thank all my legal team for t- fucking with the bullshit, keeping people off my ass, and keeping the haters away with the haterade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to uh, thank Trump for fucking up the world. Uh, non-political though of course um, <laughs> like to thank you for uh, having me on because really I'm just like I said just <clears throat> people give me more credit than I, I have and maybe I just need to give myself more credit but uh, I just started this to help a buddy in 2010 and just pre- proceeded to do it and I was thinking about it earlier this morning too as much as I dislike this other person that I started for and, and I will not give him any name mentioned therefore not giving him anything but I learned things from him that I continue to use this day as far as what I think is good and bad. And where last time I was on the show, me and Matt Riot weren't friends, so to say. <clears throat> now, I, you see, uh, he's on my bank and he, he talks good about me and I talk good about Matt, Matt Riot. Um, the guy's passionate about what he does. Doesn't mean everybody fucking agrees with him. Doesn't mean everybody likes him. But is he passionate about what he feels and is he you know, putting out work? Yes, sir. So... Yeah, my, my original breeder, so uh, the guy who I first started with for, for three years, four years. So even though I don't want to give his name any credit, uh, I did, I did, like I said, learn things that I used to this day that um, that helped me in, in my in my ethics as far as business goes, as far as, you know, can't use other people's stuff and you can't rename things. And there's not, you know, he taught me a lot of those things that I still use, that I still, you know, consider holy, if you will. Although he turned out to be unholy and a dick, um, his, his methods once again, like all breeders, his methods in trying to relay his message were not the greatest, but his, he meant right. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, you can take something from any from everybody, even people you don't like and people you years down the road that you, you hate, but you can still learn something from everybody. Most definitely. I agree wholeheartedly. Well, with that, we might wrap it up. So thank you so much again for taking some time out of your busy schedule to come chat with us, Mr. Bean. No problem. Thank you very much, and I appreciate you and your time. And like I said, you do a you had a heck of a job, and I appreciate you being diligent and always having a show up. And I'm sure that your followers and fans do as well. So thank you, and nice job last year at Thermal Company. Nice job. So a big, big, big thank you to Mr. Bean for taking the time to join us today, as well as dropping all the knowledge bombs and inside scoops. big shout out as always to the patreon gang if you guys are looking for more content go check it out We've got extra interviews on there and finally a big shout out to our sponsors as always seeds here now best in the business radio ridge nursery need i say any more you looking for that nookies cut from swamp boy or maybe even a special Bodie keeper cut hit them up And as always, Organic Gardening Solutions, Dragonfly Earth Medicine, we love you guys. I will see everyone in the next episode. Thanks so much for hanging around.
I'll see you.